For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. A resurgent Panthers looking to pounce on a hobbled Jaguars. We'll find out who is the better of the cats this week. Man, the Carolina Panthers may not have won their last game, but it sure feels like a win to Panther fans. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. It's the longest running Panthers podcast. We're in 11, year 11. And we're happy that you're here with us. Go ahead, smash the thumbs up button, subscribe to the show. And Cody Lack, it's good to see you. I hope you had a Merry Christmas. And tell us what we got on the agenda for tonight. Oh, uh, dude, I had a very Merry Christmas. Uh, same to you as well, Tony CK and the rest of C3 Panther Nation. I hope everybody had a very Merry Christmas. Ate too much food, got to spend great time with family. And uh, Tony, listen, man, after that game, even though the Panthers in many ways were robbed out of a W, Panther Nation felt good. We felt like we got a victory out of that game due to how impressive our offense performed, finally showing a sign of life. Bryce Young, over 300 yards, two touchdowns. We're going to talk about that. You know that's on the docket. We're going to talk about the potential of David Tepper breaking open the bank for one Ben Johnson. We're going to talk about DJ Chark showing number one wide receiver potential. Where have you been, buddy? Where have you been? Where has he been? Tony, I'll tell you where C3 has been right here and ready to go locked and loaded on a Tuesday night with the best damn Panther fans in all of YouTube. You know, I'm in love. And we got our guys see Cody 13 feared the Panthers. Jay Thomas. What's up? Mama Dunn in the building. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Uh, John Dork, Josh Dyson, Kristen Ladane. What's up, Kristen? Paisan Muscles Marinara, Panther Gal 73, Roosevelt Mongo, the real C3AP, Tony Dunn. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. Merry Christmas to UCK. Thanks for holding it down in the post game show. You guys were rocking and rolling on cloud nine, even though the Carolina Panthers fell by three, but they put up yeah. 30 points. Boy, man, Merry Christmas to you. And thanks for holding it down. My brother, man, I'm, I'm always happy to, it's, uh, you know, always good to be here with family, uh, especially after a game like that, it wasn't torturous. It wasn't one that, uh, you know, it was interesting to be angry about something that wasn't the Carolina Panthers offensive woes. <laughs> Um, you know, it was, uh, it was an incredible day. Uh, and I think since then you're 
starting to see the 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 Bryce lovers and defenders like myself uh, start to maybe get a little bit too big for their britches in a lot of ways. And, uh, and, 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 you know, listen, I'm so happy that he threw this. He had this game. He needed it. We needed to have a game like this. We needed it too. We we needed it. Yeah. We all all needed it. We needed it. We needed it. Um, but it was his first 300 yard game. And, you know, up until this point, I mean, this is, this is what's to be expected, right? I was hoping that he, we would see more than two touchdowns, but, the fact that we got to run two in and we scored 30 points, I'm not going to complain about that. Um, Bryce Young was on the FedEx, uh, uh, the vote for uh, ground and air player of the uh, of the week. Um, I think uh, I, I think there's a lot to be excited about. And uh, Bryce Young, uh, two weeks in a row, is building on to a season ending uh, with a lot more optimism than we had uh, up to this point. Yes, sir. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. You can be a part of the show by calling in at 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. We're on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. Check us out there uh, and help us continue to grow by just sharing the link with a friend and uh, celebrating with uh, the C3 community some prosperous or at least some optimism. And hey, I, this is a feeling I almost don't even recognize at this point is a silver lining. Is the silver lining there? The Carolina Panthers are trying or are in the midst of finishing strong in a season that has been just disappointing by every measure possible. But this last little leg could lead uh, the fans to a little, I guess, hope in the future, but also could play a big part in courting our future and our future coach. So we'll have that and how much Ben Johnson will cost if he's that one. And maybe the Carolina Panthers aren't uh, or more of a, are more of a destination than we anticipated tonight's show resurgent Panthers looking to pounce on hobbled Jaguars. And I guess really, is there any story other than Bryce young when it comes to the Carolina Panthers and is there a team where their quarterback isn't the story? And I guess if that's the case, then you don't have a quarterback, period. The oh, absolutely. Bryce Young has been the center of our discussion, Carolina Panther fans' discussion throughout the season, and rightfully so, given the fact that he's the number one overall draft pick, pick for the 2023 draft. The Carolina Panthers had to trade up for him. And as the Panthers have been walking through a desert of really despair when it came to quarterbacks, Bryce Young was brought in to quench that thirst. Man, it didn't happen early in the season right away, or at least the success that we had hoped for for the Carolina Panthers was not there for the team, uh, so much so that Frank Reich was fired. And Bryce Young also just didn't wow to the point of we're like, oh, yeah. I mean, it has been a divided discussion. But over the last two weeks, Bryce Young has been playing some important football. Important, I think, for his mental outlook, I think, for the hopes of Carolina, the Carolina Panthers. And as we said, for potentially courting and making this place more of a destination than we were thinking maybe eight weeks ago without that number one draft pick. Bryce Young, over the past two weeks, Cody, has been pretty damn good. Oh, dude, pretty damn good. 
I mean, listen, that's to say the least. And look, if you've been on Twitter too long, you might have this unfair notion that C3 is some price haters. Nay, nay, we are realists. And when we see real results, then we speak that real praise, man. And I tell you what, Tony, you said that we needed this. Boy, did we, man. The organization needed this. The fans needed this. And you're right. Bryce takes up so much of the air of the conversation because we traded so much to move up to number one to get him. Also, the thing with the size, him being 5'10", 200 pounds, soaking wet, that always factored into the conversation and that he has struggled so much to start the year that now finally there's a sign of life. Finally, we can confidently say Bryce Young had his breakout performance as a Carolina Panther, and I don't think that's unfair to say. Bryce Young had an 84.3 PFF grade over the past two weeks. That's fifth amongst all quarterbacks. Bryce Young posted a uh, 97.6 overall grade in the fourth quarter against the Green Bay Packers, which stands as the second best quarter by any quarterback this year. My man Bryce has really started to turn it on. Uh, It started in that Atlanta game. I really think in the fourth quarter, he really started to turn it on a lot more. And uh, this game was like the, the coming full circle of Bryce really being able to answer some questions for us. We have the passing chart right here. And one of the things that we've been wondering this entire season is, does Bryce have a deep ball? Can he be successful stretching the field? And they may not be the deepest passes, but Tony, this is so much better than what we've seen from Bryce this entire year. If you're a fan, or even if you were a doubter of Bryce Young, you have to be happy about the improvement that we're seeing out of our young rookie quarterback right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, clearly this uh, passing chart, just the green dots alone are, um, I mean, even the touchdown ones too. All the dots beyond five yards are finally there. And instead of all of those dots being in, um, this is the type of really... Uh, this is the distribution right here that I think that was anticipated with Bryce Young coming into the season. And I don't think for me it's – well, I know for me it's not been the case of can he throw the deep ball. That's not it. It's just why has it not been connecting, right? Yeah. Why has the chart yeah. not varied more, right? Well, and, and like why just haven't we seen a little bit – it was – we watched 10 weeks – of it being the opposite of this. So right now, Bryce Young playing uh, really what he's playing exactly what he was drafted to do now, right? Is I mean, this is the Bryce Young that, that was scouted. This is the Bryce Young that was worthy of the number one draft pick. Let me ask you this CK over the past two weeks, Bryce Young has really just played his best football the Carolina Panthers have played their best football. What's changed over the past two weeks? Um, I want to, it's hard not to try to say there's got to be some coaching involved. That's uh, changed the trajectory of this team. Um, I think that there's probably a piece of this. That is, there's not so much pressure on Bryce anymore, right? This season's already lost, yeah. right? There's no, there's nothing that he's playing for. Like he's not playing to 
to win a playoff game right now. And so why I hope that it's a permanent change and, and but there is still a possibility that this is just he's playing a lot more free and a lot more easy. He's playing uh in a way that it's just like I have nothing to lose, which is not a bad thought to have. It's just not one that I think um but not reckless. If you look at right. I mean, the over the past two weeks, no turnovers, right? I don't think he had he didn't have one in the rain game, did he? I don't think so. No, no, it was just no touchdowns, no turnovers. Yeah, no, that was one of the High most passes. impressive things. That even in the rain, no turnovers, no fumbles, good stuff all the way around. And to second UCK is that uh, really you just kind of stole my whole angle on this in so many ways. I think the difference, because if you look at this, is that, sure, I mean, we're going to be like, oh, play calling, play calling. Uh, I have some issues of... I, I, I still think play call is so dependent on just finding success on certain plays that then lead to success on other plays. But look, this offensive line still isn't great. It's not like the Carolina Panthers are imposing their will in the running game at any moment, right? It's not that some magic pill, something like that these guys coached and turned something on. Right. I think what has happened with Bryce Young, though, is that he has, like you said, I won't say reckless though, like playing with nothing to lose. That playing with nothing to lose sounds like you're playing reckless in a way, you know, like you can do, you know, it's like, but what I think it is, is he's playing with the one thing that he hasn't been able to play with all season long. And that's a degree of confidence. And if you look at these plays where they go back two weeks ago with the DJ Chark catch, where he does the, the pirouette at almost on the sidelines to some of right. these, some of the plays that he made, the one handed catch to Thielen. I feel like, and you have been a proponent, you've been pointing this out, CK, is that, you know, as you start to not trust the line, as you start to distrust your receivers right. and you're waiting for them to get over open instead of throwing <clears throat> them open or right. playing with this, I think he's playing with a looseness that has not been there. And what's crazy to me is the Raiders are doing this too, right? Like how do these teams, you go from your – the, the staff that is the most prepared, right, by having the most time to disarray and all of a sudden right. guys are playing football. I wonder if we make it too complicated sometimes and you say, guys, go out there and play football. You've been playing your whole life. It does oddly feel like this happens every year that yeah. when there's a coach fired, the interim head coach comes in and looks it's better. better. It's, it's <laughs> the second, dude, it's the second year in a row for us uh, that, that this has happened to us. It's that, not that just that us either. I know, right? That's what I'm saying. That's what, you know, there is a point there. Keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple. You know, play to your strengths. But, I mean, I really think that after seeing what we were able to do yesterday and against the Falcons, the fact that we are seeing more of a cohesion, you're right, Tony, the offensive line by far is not perfect. But it, it, it really does beg the question now, how much was Frank Reich holding back this team? And yes, again, it is still the bare bones of the offense that he came up with, uh, you know, in the in the build up to this season. But man, like when you look at yesterday, and I mean, Bryce was far more confident. A lot of the throws that he would be missing on a routine basis throughout the season, he didn't seem uh, like hesitant to throw those balls down the field. It uh, did in the first two quarters look a little like like, Early on, he had a bad miss to the sideline. But then after that, I felt like he kind of calmed down, 
the offensive line gave him decent protection yesterday. Yeah, it did. And that, it did. Yeah, that needs to be said as well. When your O-line pass protects and you do give Bryce Young a little bit of time and he can survey the field, yeah. you, you start to see what the blueprint what the blueprint for Bryce Young going forward is. And uh, I argue that if we're going to lure a head coach here, you're going to want to continue to show them what this offense has the potential to be. And the fact that Frank Reich goes out the door and then all of a sudden you're starting to see more and more cohesion on the offense. We're going to talk about Amir Smith. Uh, I always butcher his name. We're going to talk about him later. I feel like everyone is stepping up in a bigger way than they did before. Tommy Trimble is another guy at tight end who's played well this season and is finally starting to come into his own. I think that you have to credit Chris Tabor, and I think you have to credit Thomas Brown for what he's been able to do in recent weeks and putting the offensive players in positions to be successful. I wonder if some of this is just that it's such a high-pressure situation, the NFL just in general, that when you go to the interim coach, that players themselves, they – the it's like, Hey, now I'm just playing for tape film and to get a contract next year. There is maybe Bryce young wasn't playing with nothing to lose CK, but the Carolina Panthers seem to be playing with nothing to lose. And it's almost like the bird. I don't feel like it's like, Hey, Frank Reich was holding us back. It's almost, I wonder if it's just so much pressure in this is that you're just working so hard to not lose or to, so this, and you can't just be loose. And now None of these guys have anything to lose, CK. Or, I mean, I guess they've already lost everything that they could have right. won. Well, I mean, that and and here's the thing. It's bipolar being a Panthers fan. Like, think about the Pan- the bipolar aspect of what we do as Panthers. Like, literally two weeks ago, we were uh, talking about how uh, Thomas Brown was horrible. His wife was on Twitter. And oh, they yeah. Were, God. Like, this, this the, how the narratives just switch in just two games uh, where this offense starts to look competent. Um, you know, and and it's tough. It's tough and uh to to have the game end the way that it did. Um and here's what I'll say. Uh there's a truth to a lot of the things that I was saying about this defense. Um I think me and Tony feel a little vindicated for our positions uh we held last week when it comes to uh how we feel about the defense being a, a question mark um and not really facing anybody's best uh game because they didn't need to. Um, when our offense played well, our defense wasn't able to keep up. And so uh, they got screwed in this game, uh, with that. I don't think that was a catch. I'm surprised that they overshot, but Aaron Jones had uh, uh, almost seven yards per carry. Oh, he's just Uh, eating them up early. Dude. It was ridiculous. The first two quarters. I mean, he just ran steamrolled all over this and you're right. CK, um, the defense still continues to play well enough at times to give this team a chance to win, you know, and this one uh, didn't, didn't fall the right way. It really, man, you take away that play where that catch, that wasn't a catch that they gave it to him. This defense was making a tough stand deep in the game. You know what I'm saying? Like they come out there and this and that, and it's just like a hero ball throw and a crazy non catch catch that happens. And then all of a sudden they're down there in field goal range. And you know, what can you do? at that point right um let's see the other thing i wanted to bring up uh, i've already i lost it we were talking about whatever i was going to bring up oh oh no you said bipolar bipolar um 
you know, every time we lose, you know, we're going to have the ourselves saying this is what we should have done, what we should have done. The idea that this team, though, continues to be like built to be a power run team, I don't buy. Uh, the team has trouble converting short yardage opportunities. We were better time. passing the football than and we were the, running yeah, the and football. The, and, the op, and moments that this team has really started to get cooking, and we wanted to see, and it's like Bryce is airing it out. So I think yeah. it's just like this. It's in t- when, when you're not winning, everything is the problem. Yeah, everything is the fucking problem. You're passing too much. You're running too much. Your fucking the coaches are the problem. Yeah. The players are the problem. But, I mean, I mean, listen. Even though our defense failed us, and I said this to CK during the post game show, it's such a Panthers thing that when our offense finally shows something of a pulse, yeah, and all year our defense was the one keeping us in games. And we're saying if only we had a little offense, <clears throat> they finally show you that offense. And then that defense is just nowhere to be found, man. It's well, I think yeah. we've also seen, Cody, is that over the last two weeks, even though the last game, I know everybody's like, man, nine points, this and that, is you're starting to see some forms of complementary football. And I know people are like, no, the deep, I mean, complementary between position groups in a certain way. Right. Like, how about this? Is Bryce, fine? Bryce is starting to feel it? And DJ Sharks making good catches. Adam, you know they're making good plays. D, uh, you know they're they're he's scrambling and he's hitting a guy uh, in a scramble drill that just would have gone bad, right? Is I feel like this is that the offensive line, despite having its continued certain problems at moments, or just not being talented enough, probably has played its best football while Bryce Young has played his best football. And now DJ Chark played his best game. We're yeah. finally just getting a couple of things to fall for us. Yeah. I mean, uh, listen, Eric, with the $2 love bomb says, build the wall. Give Bryce an elite offensive line. And look, one of the reasons why you might do that is because, hey, look, people are starting to say our boy is looking a little clutch, which is funny because this is very recent and we're happy that it's starting to turn on. Uh, but, dude, Bryce in the second half of football games is really starting to look like the quarterback that we've been wanting to see. This is just in the second half versus the Packers. Yeah. 16 of 21, 199 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, a 136.8 passer rating. I want to add on to some of these stats just so that way we can kind of put into context how good Bryce is playing right now. Um, over the last three weeks, Bryce Young has thrown the second most pass attempts uh, at 96 in the NFL without an interception. My man is absolutely balling right now, uh, and he's taking care of the football. And listen, he was not doing that early. And I'm not just talking about uh, you know pushing the ball downfield. We're talking about turnovers, fumbles, uh, you know, not right. properly taking care of the football. He's turned that around. He has really started to grow in that area. Uh, I feel like he's more confident in what he's seeing on the field. And it also felt like he had a little more trust in the protection around him. He didn't get the yips. He wasn't seeing the rookie ghost, as it's been known uh, to be called before. Bryce Young is playing with a level of confidence that we all thought that we would see earlier. And, And now, look, let's be real. As we prepare to face Jacksonville, 
I feel like most Panther fans right now are feeling like they're expecting a W in uh, the final home game of the season. I did call for them uh, on Pirate Radio, uh, Pirate Radio Live uh, before Christmas. We did it on Thursday this week, this past week. I called for the Panthers to win this game. I was kind of hoping to feel the momentum. I, actually, the Panthers did feel the momentum. It was the problem was slow first half start. But was this the most productive third quarter the Carolina Panthers have had in five years? Fourth quarter, dude. Well, I mean, that as well. But just think of third quarter is like the Carolina Panthers have been awful in the third quarter. They scored a touchdown in this third quarter. I wonder when was the last third quarter that the Carolina Panthers scored a touchdown? I mean, I know that I'm not really asking. It's like a that anybody's going to be like, oh, well, it was week Wasn't seven. Wasn't it a few weeks ago? I don't know. It just feels like for the last few years, the Carolina Panthers have come out at halftime and have really had a bad third quarter every single week. But the Carolina Panthers then go down here, are able to score touchdown. Uh, But then you're right, uh, CK. At this point, what, they have to score two in the fourth Uh, quarter and two two two-point conversions as well? I mean, everything was kind of clicking for this offense. And... uh, DJ Chark, you know, I was so high on this guy in training camp. I was like, man, he could be a number one. He could be a number one. It looked like it was going to work, dude. It did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, this was what I thought it was going to look like all year. This game. And he's still not fantastic. Like, if you look, and you know, actually, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be like, oh, his route running is not great because that's what I don't think. I mean, I don't know enough about what he's supposed to be doing. He's had trouble getting off the line and getting separation early uh, throughout the season. At least it seems that way. And the one time I saw him in this where he had, actually it was a big play where he kind of came back to it. Um, it looked like he was just like swerving and veering. I'm like, is that really great route? Right? Like, is are you really doing anything to throw? But then I don't know how tired these guys are. Like how many plays have they played in a row? Is he just fucking exhausted? He's just doing the best you can at that point. Uh, but DJ Chark, did he have two? What was his stat line in this game? It was uh, so Tony, I'm gonna jump around in the um six for 98, two touchdowns. Yeah, I'm gonna jump around a little bit in this. Uh, yeah, DJ let's rock. Let's so, blow through this uh, yeah, how about uh, DJ Chark? Uh, did something pretty cool, man. Uh, against Green Bay, DJ Chark became the first Panthers wide receiver to catch multiple touchdowns in a game since week four, 2021. Uh, wow. dude, that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, but where has this been all year? And this is what I'm wondering. Like, why is it that these past two games in a row, it, it's like you're seeing an up jump in effort from the Panthers. And I'm just going to, you know, cut it down to brass tacks. I think Chris Tabor uh, deserves a real big pat on the back for the extra motivation that it seems like the players have right now. Yeah. But dude, it's really getting to the point where now we're asking this conversation about DJ Chark. And do you want him back for another year? Because look, let's be real. Even a couple of weeks ago, if you asked that same question, we're like, nah, dude, don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. We don't care. Thanks for your time. We're going to move on and do right. something different. However, now you're going to be moving on to next year. 
Adam Thielen has already kind of dropped hints that <laughs> since he's older, uh, plans have changed for him. He might not want to be back with the Panthers in the twilight of his career. Uh, you have uh, there's going to be a lot of turnaround in the play caller, different coaches that maybe it would be beneficial for the Carolina Panthers to bring back DJ Chark, someone who has now developed something of a chemistry with Bryce Young, who now you're starting to see the athleticism that you're wanting to see from him. When you signed him as a receiver for the Panthers, do you think that it's worth it? And has DJ Chark moved himself into that discussion of being re-signed by the Carolina Panthers? I think he's helped uh, his case. You know, I mean, I think what he was hoping for this past offseason, I think um, coming out of Detroit was uh, a little bit more uh, length of a contract and money than right. people were ready to give him. Right. He bet uh, on he, himself. He did come in here and a uh, terrible season for him or just for, for everybody in general. You know, if he's well, I, I feel what did we get him for like one year, seven million or something. Yeah, or something. It was like, like, I mean, if you want to do that, run that Mac again, I'm not opposed to it, not opposed to him being on the team necessarily. Right. Uh, just disappointed on continuing to make him or, or needing him to be a focal point, and he just wasn't ready. If we don't know, it's so hard to tell where it's a Gordian knot of terribleness this season to where you know you, is it just the coach is it just the offensive line is it and then you wonder why is the offensive line this past two weeks been a little bit better why uh, and you know I, I we almost need to go dig in and find a panther a, a packers guy a falcons guy which we should be and it's holidays guys forgive us for not courting down the guests as much but you know, is it the type of pass rush that those teams implement that Icky has been better prepared for? Or, you know, does our team match up better against those guys? Or is it them just playing better despite who the talent across them is? Uh, Chark has really done absolutely nothing this year, though, until this moment. I mean, and you want to say, hey, I don't actually I would say, CK, my answer to this is I really don't care. I mean, I, I think care. it's not a bad answer, to be honest. I mean, if he um, comes back, then yeah. if he doesn't come back, yeah. Now, did you think that your opinion could change, Tony? Like, is there anything that DJ could do in the next two games to make you no. say, okay, bring him back? Oh, well, I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, if he plays two, another game like this, then I'll have to be more uplifted about it. But I don't think whatever he does is going to be like, oh, man gotta get this guy back but hey if you're talking about a team without weapons you know is yeah. uh <laughs> is that you need to add to dj chark you know so again and by letting him walk just makes it a little bit more difficult to continue to add when you're just then replacing replacing yeah i like what jj says only resign chark if we can get an actual wide receiver number one. CK, what say you? And then I'm going to transition this conversation to another related topic of conversation. I mean, if you, if, 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 if again, if it's cheap enough, I'm, I'm open to bring him back. Um, the upside that he's shown here at the end of the season is worthy of at least the conversation. Um, the ultimate, as long as it's not going to remove you from the ability to go after a guy that you want in the draft or in free agency. Yeah. Um, I'm fine with it. 
I can't yeah. believe that he will command any type of real money. Too. That's what I'm saying. You know, one hundred percent is, and he has shown the ability to be good. I think by adding more players around him, then you give him him the opportunity to be a better player. Clearly, right. Um, and on top of that, I was watching um, those nobodies in in Las Vegas put it on the Chiefs, and I'm sitting here going, "Man, wouldn't it be nice?" if we were starting to click like this and we had Devonte Adams on this team, you're talking about Devonte Adams still being the best receiver in the league or top five. Right. But forgotten. He's a forgotten man. He's like Randy Moss was when he went to Oakland. He's like, um, I'm trying to think of another top receiver who has uh, maybe Mike Evans last year. Was Tom Brady playing last year? This year Tom, uh, no, Tom. Yeah, Mike Evans is like ball fucking balling this year. Yeah, dude. Evans did play. I mean, uh, yeah, Brady did play last year. Okay, so maybe I'm just not paying attention as much. But well, um, yeah. you know, is is Adams is far better a receiver than his stat line shows. And if you put him on a real competitive, like on a on a team with a quarterback and without just, <laughs> man, I don't know if we're the team necessarily because it's just been a shit show. I mean, here everything well. that we've wanted to do in this off season, this past yeah, off season. Still kind of go back to man. Maybe there is, was some value in trying to trade for Adams when they were flailing. Yeah, man, you know? dude, there's a lot, and, dude. I, I still think the biggest question relating to the Carolina Panthers this off season uh, is around Scott Fitterer and what they decide to do with him. Yeah. But uh, this next topic, the reason why I said it's related, a lot of reasons why we're thinking it might be a good idea to sign DJ Chark for another year is because the guy that everybody wants to be the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers has a little bit of a history of getting the most out of DJ Chark. That's right. We're talking about Ben Johnson. I mean, not only do you have a receiver that at least has some experience with the quarterback that you just traded for. But now, so does your potential play caller of the future in Ben Johnson, someone who has ties to the area, to the North Carolina area. And boys, this went live on Josina Anderson's Twitter, uh, literally like not even an hour, uh, or yeah, like a little over under two hours before the show tonight. Uh, jo Josina Anderson. Uh, so by the way, let me back up a little bit. On Friday, if you were watching the free-for-all, we put out that Josina Anderson said that teams were aware that Ben Johnson's asking price would be around $15 million. Now, uh, Ben Johnson's agent took on bridge with this and went on Twitter and kind of mockingly made fun of Josina Anderson's tweet. But Josina Anderson, before the show, doubled down and said to advance my previous reports on the Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson, Multiple highly placed personnel confirmed last week that the Panthers are among teams that discuss receiving and or are aware of a $15 million asking price for the hot coordinator who most recently helped Detroit to its first division title since 1993. While Johnson's agent publicly disputes said price mentioned in preliminary talks, I stand by the integrity and validity of my sources Meanwhile, private market rates and league average points always evolve throughout the carousel season. So, boys, I want to talk 
about Ben Johnson? What is the likelihood that Ben Johnson would want to come to Carolina? And I guess more to the point, how much leverage does a Ben Johnson hold over someone like a David Tepper? Someone who has already been through three head coaches in his tenure. Well, more if you count the uh, the uh, interim coaches that have been here. Right. Do you feel like there's anything that David Tepper could do to bring Johnson here, especially knowing how much leverage Johnson is going to have over the Carolina Panthers? Do y'all think this could possibly happen for us? Well, let's first uh, clap for... Uh, ben Johnson's agent because sure. he got uh, Jacina uh, Jacina to play to bite on that hook line and seeker right away sure. because this is exactly. I mean, maybe he is the her source, and maybe they're doing in cahoots together doing this because this is the conversation <laughs> and the play where you put the money numbers out there, you you fan the fire that you say we didn't do anything to do with it, but man. 15 million a year does sound about right. Uh, and she's like, Hey, I got, you know, so, uh, look, number one is Tepper can do the one thing that gets coaches anywhere. Pay them, pay them. You know, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, is that certainly, yeah, you can may maybe find a couple other jobs that you think would be uh, more appealing, but if the pay rate is a hundred percent more, in one place. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. And you, you think these guys don't believe in themselves? Do you think that anybody in the NFL, any coach or player doesn't think they're the guy that can go in and do it? So I don't think I really like him seeing him being scared to go into Carolina. I think if anything, he's like, Hey, fuck, I was in Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> I was in Detroit, homie. And we got this, we got, I'm part of this thing cooking. Yeah. Um, and look, is if this is true, think about this, guys. This would make him the fourth highest paid coach in the NFL. Belichick, I don't, 20 million. Sean Payton, 18. Pete Carroll, 15. And some people are like, hey, maybe why should he give you get more than this? But hey, look at this. This is what quarterbacks do. This is just market demand. Yeah. yeah, supply and demand. And also, he said no to us before. Like, whether or not you believe, oh, he just wanted to be in Detroit for one more year, fine, whatever. It still means that he said no to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, he could say no again to the Carolina Panthers. Then you factor in, CK, that there are going to be other teams that have better quarterbacks, but say better, but that have more proven quarterback options. Justin Herbert. And the Chargers are going to be looking for a team. There, you know, I think they said there might be somewhere between eight and ten different uh, franchises looking for head coaches. Right. God, all, it's like the most of, ever. I know all of those things. Uh, you know, they apply on top of one another. Do, do the Carolina Panthers, when you factor in David Tepper and the money that he'll be able to sign him to, uh, how much leverage that Johnson has over the organization, uh, the amount of talent deficiency that we have on the roster is that going to be enough to lure ben johnson here as a part from another team like say the chargers um dude i just have a hard time expressing any optimism that he's going to come here i just don't know what could possibly 
I mean, outside of money, again, I, I, money, obviously, I know is a, a worthy conversation to have. I just don't think that it's as important to these coaches beyond just uh, just the fact that they want to set their family up. Um, I do think they want to go to a better situation because his first contract is not going to be as much as his second contract if he goes to a successful franchise and he's able to keep them being successful. Or but uh, who has a lot more optimism around their off franchise than we do, you know? I don't know, though, if teams, just because he came in there and had success, have the resources to just say, hey. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're going to extend you a million years for this amount of money. And then on top of that, do they even have to? Because he's then in a position where he's winning. He's getting paid a lot. So do they come out and go, hey, oh, man, you have two years. Great. We're going to extend you, but double your pay. Then these job changes are the moments when you get to get significant pay bumps. Right. It's like, I mean, for all of us in the work world is that if you just stay at the same job, and then they give you the yearly raise. Maybe you get a good bonus one year or something like this. Is that you just incrementally go up and you kind of just get inflation to death. Yeah, it's when right. you hop from position to position, company to company. And, and then each time you do that, you have more experience. You're on a new pay grade. You're new on this. So this could be an opportunity. This is the big opportunity monetarily for him. So, David Tepper has the resources to pay people outlandish amount of money. And I don't think it's just money per year. Like he could say this. I mean, think about what he did for Matt rule and think about what he did then for Frank Reich. I think he did Matt rule on a six year deal. Then he did Frank Reich on a four. 
now he's probably going to have to go back to a six year. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like he could get he could milk this dude for a shit ton of money. Uh, I don't know if just him alone is all of a sudden uh, the answer to every single problem. Right. And then the continued question is, is how bad are the Carolina Panthers in comparison to other teams? And are some of these other teams really that good, even though they have so much kind of better talent? What the Chargers aging? Old, that's an old team right there. The defense is old. Their best offensive player, Keenan Allen, outside of Herbert, old. You know, it's A not lot of money on the books. Yeah. So it's not like, I mean, on first glance, it might be great. Right. I think you woo this guy with money. And I think, too, that this end of the season, this push that the Carolina Panthers are making is just ultimately so important for the friend. It's important for the fans. It's important for Bryce Young and it's important for the franchise, because if you can finish the season on a couple of games where you go, man, Bryce Young is the guy we thought terrible situation to start, but you can build on that. And then you find you go, oh, man, Luvu is fucking a monster. Uh, hey, Horn, Horn playing a little healthy. You know, he's he's out there. He's just sticking around. <laughs> so it's not like even though I, I know it felt like we were just drowning for so long, but maybe it's never as bad as you think when you're just in the midst of that. And then finally with that DJ Chark thing and bringing him back, and you said his familiarity with him, I kind of think this is a decent uh, wide receiver group. And I've always been that the type of receivers you need to have need to complement each other, right? So if yeah. you have to, you can't be too small, you can't be too tall, you can't be like you need guys that do different things. If you think about Jonathan Mingo, who has been improving over the last couple of weeks as well, a lot of people believe his natural position is in the slot. And although Adam and because he can't surplant Adam Thielen at this point, because Adam Thielen's the best player on the offense, that he could thrive in that role. And I gotta wonder what a T. Higgins, DJ Chark, and Jonathan Mingo group would look like. I feel Dude, like there could be some complimentary else. football there, though, because T. Yeah. Higgins isn't the burner no. necessarily, but he's big bodied. He is a downfield mm-hmm. threat still. He's I like would a- say the, the, the reasons you would want T. Higgins are the same reasons why you would want a Mike Evans. They're big. They're tall. <laughs> they're, big. they're strong. And they're going to come down with everything that you throw at them, dude. Some of the plays that T. Higgins has made over his the course of his career – uh, for the Bengals, and dude, I'm a Clemson fan, so you know I remember all those incredible plays he made for my Tigers. Uh, I think he would be a great addition. There's going to be a lot of good additions that the Panthers could make uh, in the offseason when it comes to free agency, when it comes to the draft. This is supposed to be a really deep draft for wide receivers, which couldn't come at a better time, frankly. Um, just to kind of wrap up our conversation on Ben Johnson, uh, you know, I, I don't think that David Tepper, I think what you're afraid of is, is, is David Tepper going to overpay for someone? Another one, who, yeah. Who has never I don't been, care if he owes or has, overpays at all. Well, I mean, it's not even that, that, he, that he's overpaying. It's not our money who gives a fuck. But the fact that the narrative is, is that he's going to make a, a, a guy who's never been a head coach in right. the NFL, he's going to make him a top five paid uh, uh, head coach in the <laughs> NFL. After you already did this with Matt Rule, you gave him a seven-year contract, and he didn't have a lick of head coaching experience at the NFL level. 
you know, is that just a position that David Tepper has rendered himself in because he has no other choice because he's going to have to overpay to overcome for some of the deficiencies that he has on the roster. But more importantly, if the Panthers are able to reel off two more victories against the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and if Bryce can in any way replicate the performance that he had against the Green Bay Packers, it's just building more and more as to why you would want to come here and be the head coach of the Carolina Panthers because you can envision that turnaround being shorter than some of the media pundits are, are saying that it's going to take. Um, yeah, and the fear is, too, that just because it's the hot name that we're just like, oh, it's going to fix everything. I don't. I'm I'm a big fan of not going Ben Johnson. I'm not saying that he's not doing a good job in, uh, uh, in Detroit. I just think when you see what the coaching tree coming from uh, Kyle Shanahan with uh, Mike McDaniels is doing over there in, in, in uh, Miami. I just think pulling from that coaching tree can't be a bad idea. Um, Same. That's I why just, I've been saying Ben Slovic for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think any of those guys would be good to go with. Um, the only benefit I would say Slovic and Ben Johnson have over others, in my opinion, would be because they're offensive coordinators for defensive-minded head coaches, um, then you know their offense is really coming from the offensive coordinator and not from a vision of the head coach. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and so there is some piece to that that you're like, you know what, maybe we go with them because of that. Um, again, I just, I don't know. The, the, the Lions are doing a fantastic job. I just don't know that I watch them enough and say, oh my gosh, this is an exciting offense. Um, I think that watching Mike McDaniels and what he's doing with the Dolphins, that's an exciting offense. Um, and I, I would like a taste of that. Thanks yeah. for hanging out with the C3 Panthers podcast. 120 people hanging out uh, with us right now. Don't forget the numbers 252-228-5098. Uh, Cody, let's go ahead and take a couple of calls. While we've got all these viewers in here, make sure to smash the thumbs up button. And remember, this is the show by fans for fans. You guys, we need you to tell us what you think about Ben Johnson, about the Carolina Panthers gaining momentum. Who is the stronger cat to pounce this week, the Panthers or the Jaguars? And don't forget, we're making prize picks soon. Prize picks, the number one fantasy football app website. Use the promo code C3, and you're going to get a 100% deposit bonus. Stick around. In fact, we're going to have to do that within the next 38 minutes because Amari Cooper's on the discount, folks. Amari Cooper, 32% off right now on prize picks. Promo code C3. Let's take some calls, my man. Let's do it. 252-228-5098. Let your opinion be heard. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, Very uncomfortable. How do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good, like... Come on, JJ, where is your voice at? JJ, I'm trying to take your call. I heard you. There we go. We start. What's up, C3? JJ calling in. What up, JJ? Damn. Damn. All right. First first things first, 
I hope everyone had a Merry Christmas. Uh, hope everyone's on the show, but no, nah, I got that out the way. All right. <clears throat> I think, I think, uh, of course, what everyone wants to talk about is how much Bryson's had a great game. And I just, I noticed how a lot of people been hating. Everybody's like, all right, we've seen you do it again. All right, we've seen you do it, not do it again. Or, oh, you had this one game, but it doesn't overrule all these other games. And, you know, that's cool and all, but I'm going to be real. Even as a Bryce Young, like, honest guy, like, I've been pretty uh 100 about how I feel about Bryce Young all year. You know what? I don't think any of that's fair. I don't think a lot of this criticism is fair to have anymore. Um, I mean, like, it just fucking sucks because it's just like the team is so inept that it's really like nobody really would have succeeded. And Bryce Young is starting to show us. He's shown us a few flashes all year. Now he he put together a whole game, a whole game you can really look at and say, yeah, right there, Bryce Young. That's how it's done. That's what we love to see from start to finish for the most part. Yep. <clears throat> you know, I hope I hope he boils out again in these next two games. And I hope it, it helps change a few people's minds and they're like, you know what? Maybe I do want to go to Carolina because they have a quarterback that got Bryce Young. And you know what? I just – maybe I should just leave it there. But uh, honestly, uh, also, what do you all think we do with Brian Burns? That's really it. Keep pounding mm. C3. JJ out. What did he do in this game, guys? Because Nothing. Nothing. That's the point, Tony. Nothing. <laughs> I think I think he has, he has six fucking sacks on the year. And again, look, man, I changed my opinion when new and relevant and better information comes my way. I was on the train to pay Brian Burns at the end of this year. Now, dude, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the train of I want to put the uh, the franchise tag on him, but yeah. the 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 one that you put on him as an overpay there. Well, no, I mean you do the. the same. Um, I believe it's a supplemental exclusive, franchise. Uh, yeah, exclusive. Yeah, the non, no, the non-exclusive. Non yeah, but the non-exclusive franchise tag. If somebody wants to compensate us for his services, by all means, have them. I think the days of us thinking that we're going to get a first-round pick is probably out of the question, considering oh, the way that he's paid that he's played this year. We all thought that Brian Burns was by far the best defender on the Carolina Panthers, and we were wrong. It's either Derek Brown or Frankie Louvu, and it's been the whole time, man. Tony, in a, in a, a game where... Panther fans were feeling like it was a W, even though it was a loss. None of the conversation was around Brian Burns. And now even longtime supporters of Burns are now starting to come around to be like, dude, how are you asking for that much fucking money? And you didn't have one sack in a game where your offense had you within three points at the very end. It's like, come on, bro. But Brian Burns is, I mean, but uh, Derek Brown's back there throwing people down, like, and you're like, oh, uh, shit. He's like are you going to get a penalty? Are you get a, I was worried he's going to get a penalty on this one play because he was just so violent in all of it. Yeah, we haven't talked about Brian Burns <clears throat> by uh, at, at, at all this season. I think there have been a lot of mitigating circumstances for not really having a great pass rush. Mm-hmm. Most, most, uh, importantly, teams not having to pass on you, right? Didn't we just speak over the last week about how the Panthers 
have had the least pass attempts against them in like uh, the NFL almost or something. But, you know, if you're not in pass rushing situations, a pass rushing specialist is hard for him to uh, show that he's the most important player on a defense. I think he can, you know, and so this is, look, Brian Burns is the same exact Brian Burns that he's kind of been and last year and maybe over the last two years he's peaked, you know, where where the last two years is peaked. That's the question. And you always got to think of factor about that in when you are talking about contracts and things, but you know, um, there was a point when we were going into this season where we were all eating every bit of hype off of the Panthers plate yeah that i'm pretty sure it was cody who was the one saying this is like panthers fucked up didn't pay brian burns now they're gonna have to pay him a fucking bazillion dollars well you know you, what? Was, you were on that train before anyone you were no, to pay no, I years say, ago. yes yes i think you did. i think you get ahead of these things but where you don't have to make them the highest paid player in the league but it was like, oh, man, if we don't sign now, the Bosa sign for this, but now we're going to have to pay him all of this. And really, if anything, is if he bet on himself and the Panthers bet against them, the Panthers probably won this bet. Oh, for sure. Right? Uh, monetarily. But let's go back to JJ's call. And the first part was about Bryce Young, CK. And the one thing that I think that he was talking about is like, hey, there's, there's people out there that are still like, I need to see more. I don't know. I haven't, maybe I haven't been on social media as, as, you know, as much because of holidays. Yeah. And I kind of avoid these hyperbolic arguments between over like some of these things like this. Uh, and every now and then I'll dip my toe into them or something. But I think that the whole point is, is that like any reasonable person when it's come to Bryce Young is like, it's not one game, one play or one thing that's going to settle anything. So now he's like, Oh, well he doesn't, he had one good game. Well, that's not enough. Like is, of course, it's not enough to answer every question, but at the same time, this is what you want to see. Yeah, that's, you know? and that's what I said on uh, the post game. I said this this is not going to put to bed all of the questions, right? Um, but I tell you what that that door has been wide open all of a sudden now. Where uh, a, just a matter of two weeks ago, it was there was a lot of people. As much as people don't want to admit it, there were a lot of people talking about Bryce Young being a buzz. And so uh, to have him come out and have this type of performance, um, I don't think there's a single person that can honestly say they believe he's a bust at this point in time. It's not saying that you can't say that he's a superstar yet, but you cannot say after what he's done these past two weeks that he's a bust. Yeah. And the bust stuff, I I hate that terminology because again, a bust means you're a totality of someone's career. I mean, uh, Alex Smith was a bust for a long time until he, he went to uh, had a good ca- Yeah. And then he had a good career. Um, the thing that I think is important here is we've just gone in two weeks, like again, from where that conversation was, it's not only real was a real conversation that existed. There were more and more evidence kind of cracks being put into the strongest position about like, Hey, don't worry. He's fine. Don't worry. He's fine. You know, the people, in fact, I think <laughs> that even the Panthers front office is going to be uh, the NFL. These people are susceptible to the same stuff we are. Right. Right. So they, they, everybody's like, oh, well, that's why you're not a GM. Oh, why well, that's not your GM. I've been watching the Carolina Panthers and the NFL doing this podcast as closely as I can for the last 10 years. And I see that narratives that that stench of things even affects 
the people that are the pros, the players on the team, the front office. And I think these last two games, and if we can continue in the next two games to really, if just anything, gets Bryce look good. Bryce looked yeah. good for the last two games. I think hopefully that there was a probably a point where a new front office would have had some of those questions too. Yeah. yeah. You know, you bring in a new coach, a new G, a new GM, a new coach, and they're looking at this stuff and they're going, yeah, man, I see. Look, we get why you draft him, stuff like this, but yeah, it didn't look good. It didn't and look now good. This to- can make them at ease. Of this, yeah, this was the most important game of the season for the Carolina Panthers. And I don't give a damn that it was a loss. That's what me and Tony were saying. I mean, me and CK were saying on the postgame show, like, yes, the referees, they screwed us out of a W that we definitely deserved. No doubt. And by the way, I never normally said that a loss is on the referees. I think if you play a close game, you should normally never complain. But I think that was a catch. Uh, I think that uh, there were offsides. Or no, you think the, it wasn't uh, a catch? Or, yeah, no, yeah, that's right. It wasn't a catch, and the ball wasn't even snapped uh, by the time the play clock ran out. So all those things said, this game is what Panther Nation needed. Well, not only did the fans finally get to see Bryce live up to that potential that we were sold on and the build-up to the draft and why you would trade up for him, but now from an organizational standpoint, whoever the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers is going to be, now you at least have a game that you can point to and say that. That is what the young man is capable of. Now I can start to see the foundation for what we need to build around Bryce in order for him to be successful. I know people called me a conspiracy theorist this entire year whenever I said that Frank Reich never wanted Bryce Young and wanted C.J. Stroud. The reason why I was so adamant on that is because now going forward, you have to make sure that the coach that you bring in is dead sold on the quarterback that you just traded all that draft capital to go up and draft. You need someone that believes in him full stop. And I don't think Frank Reich was ever that person. So yeah, it's a blessing in disguise that now he's gone and we're going to move on to someone that we could pair Bryce with for the foreseeable future. I thought he made that second half CK look so easy. Yeah. Right. Is that, and you just, and I know it was probably largely my fault for thinking that that's what it was going to be from day one at every moment with him. Uh, but you, I get a sense is that like he can be putting up these big games like this at ease. All that, like, imagine if the Panthers had a good first half. Yeah. It would have <laughs> yeah. been. Yeah. Night he and have, day. Yeah. He could have four touchdowns or something to that effect. So, um, I look, I think it's important. Um, I think it was really important for Bryce. Now you finish out with two bum games and all of a sudden we're not maybe singing this tune right here. I, I think this is uh, what we're trying to do is make a late. This might be the coolest moment for us to suck. And what, not coolest moment. How about this? Is every other time we've sucked and then we pull out wins late in the season, we're like, fucking ruin our draft pick. <laughs> ruin our draft. This is the time where we actually could just go win the fucking games. And it really yeah. does nothing to the future of the Panthers, but actually do what winning games at the end of the season can do for a losing team. <laughs> that is build a little mill momentum into the offseason. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm pumped. We Panther Nation needed this badly. 
All right, let's go back to the calls. That was JJ. Let's see who we got up next. So I, I keep seeing it on social media. Where are all the bright haters at? Where they're at? They disappeared. I'm right here, motherfucker. <laughs> hey, but I got to say, I actually didn't see him having even this game in him. So uh, that crow fucking, if he keeps that shit up, I'll eat crow every fucking Sunday. Same. Even during the offseason. <laughs> With that said, I wanted to call about this Ben Johnson guy. No one seems to be able to tell me what's so special about him. Is he succeeding because he has a better head coach with players who are playing for that guy? Because I just, all I see so far is red flags. I admit I got to watch a little bit more lion film, which isn't my uh, most favorite thing to do, but I'm just not seeing much special about this Ben Johnson guy. And I get a little nervous when the media wants to peg someone as like, you know, the shoe in for any top candidacy job. But all I see are red flags so far. Red flag number one was he backed out last season. That's a red flag. Red flag number two right now is his asking price. What did Matt make? What did Frank Reich make? And this guy's asking for $15 million, supposedly. I just don't know. I think we need to find someone who the players actually want to play for. And I don't know if this guy is that guy, but I'd love to hear the the pros of Ben Johnson. Well, number one, I think, is the players from this team will largely not be here next year. So it's like, yeah, I mean, there are going to be players that you're trying to build on, but I don't think that, you know, losing Wilkes, you know, and going with somebody else really – the the NFL grinds and moves on and it turns on. And these players, while they do have emotional attachments, probably different people, they're going to go out there and play. So I think they would be excited about offensive guy coming in. Uh, I have zero. I don't think the money is a red flag at all for me. In fact, I actually root for coaches to get overpaid by David Tepper at this point, um, because if he is going to continue to be, whatever he's done and metal or whatever we think that he is so much of the problem, he might as well eat it financially in the process a little bit. And really it's not hurting him at all. Um, I think CK, the, the two things though, and the caller brings up, or one thing they brings up is that it's just like, it's the super name. It's like, Oh, this is it. It's a shoe in. This is guy. This guy could do it where, you know, he's the star It's so hot. Everybody's on it. The fans are on it. The media's on it, all of this. And then really for me is he's got a lot of fucking talent on that team. Yeah. That's, that's what I was saying as well. It's like, I just don't, I don't, I, I know that he's doing a good job there. Um, but I just, I'm the same way as the caller, as I was saying, like, I just don't know. I'm looking at Ben Johnson and thinking, you know, this guy is the guy like this is the answer to all of our woes. Um, right. He's not the, he wouldn't be. I, I think he would certainly be a, an upgrade to what we've had. But I, I again, I just think there's going to be some some people out there that uh, that could very well be a, a better fit and maybe thrust us into a better situation than where we're at now. All right, let's uh, take another call here. Ben Johnson will be a focal point of NFL talk and the C3 Panthers podcast for some time to come. I'm guessing who we got next. Hey, C3, it's the resident Paisan here. Hey. All right, before I go, my fucking brother, I just want to say, hey, Bryce Young, good for you, kid. That kid showed some balls. He woke up Sunday morning, gave his fucking balls a tug, and said, this is what I can do. 
Now do that shit on a consistent basis. Fucking I right. I'm all about it. All right. Anyway, he got his fucking flowers. Yo, these fucking guys, yo, the, these fucking referees, bro. These fucking guys. Mm-hmm. These fucking footlocker jobbing, sons of bitch, fucking jerk off having fucking mama Luke's. What the fuck, bro? Like that fucking, was it that, uh, that rough in the passer on, uh, gross Matos? That so fucking guy. Stupid. Give him fucking free 15 yards, fucking free new set of downs. That was a so bullshit call. Stupid. That fucking, that catch that wasn't a catch, but it was a catch because he's wearing a yellow helmet. Fuck that. Bullshit. Fuck that. And fucking spiking the ball one second left and them saying, nah, there ain't no time left. We gotta go. We got Christmas and shit. Fucking jerk offs, bro. What the fuck's up with that? These fucking referees, man. I swear, if this game actually meant something, this shit would have fucking stung like a motherfucker. It it was kind of, it kind of rolled off my fucking back. But then I got, (laughs) what if we were in playoff contention? They pulled this shit. Yeah, I think, bro, these referees, they should be held accountable, just like the players, like the owners, all that shit. You know, when they make a bad fucking call, they should go up on a fucking podium and explain why they made such a piss poor call. Or mm-hmm. they should be fined fifteen to twenty thousand dollars for being fucking stupid jerk offs. All right, let me know what you think about these fucking referees and shit. I like these fucking Reebok fucking jobbing sons of bitches. All right, I gotta go. Why did they make this call about this catch? Um, Was it deemed to call a catch on the field? They yes. wanted to say they wanted to say that because his left arm was quote unquote under the ball that. It was considered to be a catch. Now, do do y'all think that that looks like a ball under the left arm? Not at all. Like the, Dude, the ball is literally out from under him. I'll I be, also think when it was moving, CK, and again, I was watching. If I told you where I saw this, folks, you'd probably be upset. My mom hopefully isn't here. I was down on the other end of the row in church. Um. When it was, it looked like he had the starting to make the catch inbounds, but when it was moving, it looked like he was, his arms were touching out of bounds. So I feel like even if it was a catch, by the time he secured it, he was out of bounds. Right. That, that's the point that I would have is like, he's, he was not just juggling at the end. That screenshot is towards the end. He was actually juggling it before he even began to fall to the ground. Yeah. So, you know, that part I was frustrated by. Um, And, and here's the thing I'll be, I'll take Greg's. Uh, Greg's uh, part in this conversation today. Um, there's one reason and one reason alone that they wanted the Green Bay Packers to win this game today. Um, and it has to do with the fact that uh, the NFL has more teams in contention for playoffs with only two games left in the season than has ever been the case in the NFL, or at least in a very, very long time. Which, what is that? What is that going to mean for... Uh, ratings. It is going to mean that they're going to have monster ratings for the rest of the year because everybody like it's it's there's there's games that are important all across the NFL. Um, the game against the the Jaguars game with the Panthers is going to be an important game. The every single game that you see on the roster this year is or on the uh, on the uh, schedule is going to have some sort of impact on playoffs and and people's contention there. Um, there are six teams in the NFC uh, eligible for a wild card, right? Yes. You have Seattle, eight and seven, Los Angeles, Rams, eight and seven. You have the Saints, seven and eight, the Falcons, seven and eight, 
Uh, then you have the Green Bay Packers seven and eight, the Minnesota Vikings seven and eight. So I think if anything, that right there makes the NFC North more important. Like you're yeah. saying a little yeah. bit. I mean, they're not going to ca- catch up with the Lions. The Lions have clinched, but oh no, yeah. Absolutely. Like you're saying that wild card, and and what's wild to me too is there's so much parity in the NFL this year. If you think about it, like I mean, the fact that you have one uh in the nfc alone you have one two uh three four five six seven teams with eight or seven or eight wins a piece you know depending on seven or eight depending on how many i count uh sadly is that's been a lot of bad football play too though right it's not like the packers are good it's not like the vikings are really good right now it's not like the bears are good right now it's not like the Saints. the saints and the falcons fucking terrible but yeah. you're right that this keeps and man, I, w- I wonder if they're really like, can they know all of that in that moment? I think so. I mean, I, why do you I, think the refs made it? You're saying the arm under this is fucking. Ugh. Yeah. So they said dumb, that the man. arm was still uh, like, that is the dumbest thing. Like their justification was so dumb. Like the, the least they could have, like the argument that you could have possibly had here is that, he controlled Rigged. it through the through the uh, through the ground. When you see the ball on the ground right there, it was after he had already secured the catch. Yeah, um, right. That's right. the argument. But they didn't even make that argument. They made the argument that he actually had his hands securing that ball when the ball was. That is an absolute travesty and one of the mo- biggest jokes, especially when you watch one of those it would be interceptions of Pat Mahomes balls against the Raiders that they deemed was incomplete which was a, 10 times closer to being a catch than this ever was. So listen, Joe Person did an interview with NFL senior vice president of officiating, Walt Anderson. The question they asked, two plays, the first one being the Carolina challenge on the Green Bay catch by 87 along the Carolina sideline. Looking at that just on the Fox replays, the ball ended up on the ground on the turf next to 87. For what it's worth, Dean Blandino said it should have been overturned. What did you guys see on the replay review? Anderson said uh, the ruling on the field, obviously, is is where we start. It was a catch, and the receiver maintained control throughout the process as he was going to the ground. Okay. Which was not the case. No, it was not the case at all. At all. Uh, He says uh, we actually did see the ball. he said it, it was a catch, and the receiver maintained control throughout the process as he was going to the ground. We actually did see the ball touch the ground, but we also saw that he had control of the ball in his left hand. The left hand never came off the ball, and there were no available shots that showed that he actually lost control of the ball uh, in his left hand, <laughs> even even though the ball touched the ground. The ball is allowed out of to bounds touch- too. You know what I'm saying? I, I, this is so I don't dumb. even think that like if this was a catch that was made across the middle of the field, I sure. think it's easier for me to say, all right, the ball is moving a little bit. He rolls in, even if but if it came flying out like that again, that's harder for you to say. Right. I think that by the time if you could justify this being a catch, like him physically catching the ball, he's out of bounds at that point. Right. I mean, because half of his body is like, I want to see where his elbow is because I felt like his elbow or part of his body was starting to touch the line. 
Well, it's as, outright that, lie. as what they're saying makes it a catch is a catch. But it was an outright lie saying that his left hand never came off the ball. I showed you the picture where he doesn't have a one single fucking hand on the ball. He goes, the ball is allowed to touch the ground as long as there is no evidence that he lost control. And we didn't think it was clear and obvious that he did. And since the ruling on the field was a catch, we stayed with the ruling <laughs> on the field. His second question was, did you see the end of the uh, of the play that the ball being out of his control on the ground? And if so, how did you come? How did you kind of come to grips with that? Uh, he said, you mean eventually, right? After the process? And he says, no. I mean, kind of as he was completing the catch, the ball was out of his control next to him. Anderson replies, we did not see a view that showed he lost control of the ball in his left hand until he was actually maybe beginning to get up. At that <laughs> this point, is the like he's like, oh, yeah, of course over. he's got to let go of the ball. He had to go home at some point. Yeah, I mean, where's he fucking going to take no, the ball? Huh? Dude, we got fucked out of a W. And I never say that, Tony. I've always been a proponent of if the game is close mm. enough for the referees to decide the game, then you shouldn't bitch, you shouldn't complain. But I that was third down, too. Panthers, that was third down, right? I think it was third down in a tie ball game and then puts them across into field goal range, right? I mean, so it ends the game effectively. The Panthers but, were fighting and clawing this entire year to get W's. It doesn't happen. And then you finally have a moment where it looks like you're going to win and the fucking referees take it away from you. Dude, and Tony, I didn't even show you this. Uh, me and CK pulled this up on the uh, on the post game <clears throat> show. Even before that, it should have been a flag. Here it is with zero zero on the clock. <laughs> that ball, the is ball is in the center's hand. The ball is in the center's hand. One thousand percent. The referees. Fuck yeah, this third and four. This is a third down play. Right. Uh, you stop them on this play right here. They have to punt or they likely will punt. I mean, they well, they will have to punt. And then all of a sudden the Panthers could drive late in this game, maybe do what Bryce has done in the, in the two wins that he's had this season, march down the field, long field, get it done and get Panero in hoping he's not going to miss an extra point. Also, one of the reasons why we wanted to just run that touchdown in, if he's missing extra points out there, that that Falcons game, that is that damn, that field goal is so easy now. And wretched, but uh, oh, this is a huge play. Sick. But I also saw some other people, and I wasn't able to, CK, to follow this as closely. But right. there were some other plays that people took issue with in this game. Yeah. I mean, there was, uh, again, there was roughing the passer calls. There was a pass interference on Dante Jackson. Um, there was uh, there was that one roughing the passer that they didn't call on Bryce that they ended up calling in that same. They called it. They eventually did call almost an identical hit uh, on him. Uh, luckily, in that same drive, because there's no way they could let that slide twice. Um, where he landed with all of his force on his body. They actually threw the flag on that one and picked it up on the first go round um, after a deliberation of saying, "Our well, we don't give." We don't give small quarterbacks that call, right? <laughs> you know? right. Um, it's it's yeah. absolutely it was ridiculous, and it was a uh, poor officiating across the board. By the way, I and I could be misremembering this. I feel like we were screwed out of two games other than this one th this year as well because of bad officiating. 
in my opinion. I know, Cody, you wouldn't share that same opinion. But from my recollection, I think the first Atlanta game was one of them. Um, maybe even it was some of the early games that there was some poor officiating that many of us felt was uh, were, were potential win uh, game altering calls. So yeah. I think I mean, you could always say things are game altering and c- could be when you're behind, though, then so many other things have to we're tied here. Right. The game's tied. I think it's one thing to say, oh, we're down two scores and then we got this bad call. And I'm not saying you're saying that, but like officiate, I'm with Cody on this, is that if we get too far, I feel like this, if we, oh, if we would just run this pat, this play, things would have been better. <laughs> like it's always a more than one thing. But at this point, it's a zero, zero game in a sense. They're on the 35. They have two minutes and four seconds since third and four. And the Panthers started off first and second down playing tough on defense and had the momentum in this game. This right there was a hope and a prayer. It was a hope and a prayer play that then took uh, Angel in a black and white shirt to come down and bless. Yeah, Merry Christmas to the Green Bay Packers, obviously. Listen, like I I said, I'm normally not the type of person to say that the referees won a game. But at this point, I don't know how you don't say it. The, it, it should have been the uh, uh, fault. What's it called when you don't snap the ball in time? Oh, uh, delay uh, game. Delay game. Yeah, delay a game. It should have been a delay game. And it wasn't a catch. And Tony, you know, we haven't even talked about Eddie Pinero really a lot yet either. Is that a lot of people thought that uh, maybe he lost us the game by no. missing those those kicks that he did it's certainly a conversation but i wanted to thank some of these incredible uh c3 faithful that we got our boy kev white chocolate espresso has been a member for 12 months he says we're getting joe brady capiche oh shit the man joe coming home uh and then bro shout out to jay thomas who has been one of the coolest members of the c3 chat gifting five memberships to five lucky fans out there chilling in the chat room. Man, that helps us grow the channel, Jay. We appreciate your patronage so much, brother. Thank you. Thanks again. Yeah, thanks uh, for all the support and the growth we've had throughout this season. We're still trying. We're climbing to 7,000 followers, uh, our subscribers on YouTube. I thought this year was the year of 20C3. We were going to take off, and if we were making the playoffs, We'd be like at 10,000 subscribers. We're only 2,900 away from our next benchmark. There you go. So we're not far. But we need them. So if you're uh, hanging out with us right now and you're a a member of the family, uh, thank you for that support. Smash the thumbs up button. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe to the podcast and check us out on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher. Another way you can support the podcast is by going and having fun playing daily fantasy football sports on prize picks. Prize picks has sponsored us for the last two seasons, and this is probably the last month of the sponsorship. So, (laughs) Hey guys, if you haven't signed up, go use the promo code C three so that they know next year to come back and rock with us again. The prize picks has been a great addition, not only to the show, but so many, C3 fam and friends have had so much fun playing it. The way it works is you you put your fantasy football skills to the test to make real money. You pick multiple players from multiple teams. The more entries you make 
and you get correct, the more money you can make. You use the promo code C3. They give you a 100% sign-up bonus or deposit match up to $100. And, guys, I want to say this. C3 is so cool. That's the same offer they give on these television commercials they do and this and that. So, hey, if you are in a day or two or in a moment or two ready to get in and play some fantasy football on prize picks use that promo code c3 it helps you and it helps us right now they do all kinds of cool stuff they have all these like extra promotions you could have today in fact we can make it right now we're gonna go ahead should we take advantage will amari cooper be able to surpass 37 and a half yards against that vaunted new york jets defense as the cleveland browns work to the super bowl as cody hopes can he do it? What has Amari Cooper done the last couple of weeks? Ooh, Flacco. Yes, sir. We're getting a free. Look, we're taking advantage. 32% off. Let's see if they got any Panthers. We got to work hard and work fast. No, the Panthers are not up yet. Uh, who are we playing? The Jags? Yes. Uh, yes, Jacksonville. Uh, too early in the week for these guys. They're still trying to figure it out. Lots of Thursday night football to help here, uh, help us with Brees Hall uh, receiving yards. Huh. Let's see. What has he been doing? Oh, he's been getting things done. You've got a backup quarterback in there right now. You can see some checkdowns coming <laughs> against a good Browns defense. Amon St. Rob Brown versus Dallas. DeAndre Hopkins. Ooh, this is actually a giant game right here, guys. You want to talk about playoffs? Yeah. Uh, you've got the Carolina Panthers potentially taking down the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. You've got Tennessee and Houston both fighting for a playoff position, bro. I only like to go more in prize picks. I actually did win two lesses or one less this past week. My luck has been so shit. On <laughs> prize this, right here. this is a lock. So look, let me just tell y'all what happened, man. So I I jumped in on that uh on that uh Amari Cooper. I got Amari at more than thirty seven and a half receiving yards. Mm. I did Joe Flacco. Now this one's tough because the Jets have a great defense, but I'm going my man smoking Joe Flacco at more than two hundred thirty and a half passing yards. I got Josh Allen at more than two hundred forty six and a half passing yards against the New England Patriots. And I've got Kyler Murray at less than 223 and a half oh, yeah. yards against the Oh, that's a, good, that's a good one. Hey, I'm going to try to get this. What do we think? Do we think that uh, Baker's going to cook again? Uh, they're playing New Orleans. Yeah. It's a division rival. Are they in New Orleans? Because that matters. People put up numbers in the dome. Uh, I don't know. I've got very oh, little. Yeah. Fine banker. Fine I've banker. got two minutes and fifty seconds left to go. How do you tell? Does it just says verse? Yeah, it verse. says it. No, it says that. Yeah, it says uh verse, verse, verse. There's no at Baker. Let's see where are they playing? Uh, NFL schedule this week. Titans at Texans. Uh, Saints at Bucks. They're in Tampa. Making a playoff run, bro. Mm. I always want to go Baker. And I mean, I feel like Baker is more. Do uh, it. You know, you're still a Baker bottom. Go ahead. Going going Baker over two. That's a lot for him. 
Uh, look, two twenty dollars. Five players. It's an automatic flex. We're going twenty dollars to make two hundred on Prize Picks. Use the promo code C three to get a one hundred percent deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Guess what? I've still got. Show you guys a little bit of my past. Uh, not good, uh, really. Overall, been getting flea, you know. Hey, uh, no, but getting close. Look, this one I made in the off season of last year. This one, good shape right here. Right now, I just got to see. Dak has to get less than 800 yards in his final two games. I think mm. that can happen. Uh, Herbert's out. Mahomes, I don't think, is going to be able to get 1,000 yards in his next two games. Dude, and I feel, like the, that season, <laughs> I feel like the season, uh, I, I hope this doesn't include playoffs. I hope that's regular season passing yards. Yeah, that's regular season. regular season. So that 15 is going to pay out 75. Past entry, you want to see one that almost hit the mega money, dude. Oh. Tua, though, in Dallas's defense, he cooked them. I went less here. Look, I went less on Dak, got that. Went less on Tua, went over on Bryce, got that free from Durant. That would have paid $100 that 20. Instead, I was able because it's a flex. I still won twenty five bucks, right? Not bad. Couple of losses. Look, uh, Jalen Hurts, no touch. Only one touchdown. That could have paid big time money right there. That would have paid five and a half times. So, Prize Picks is where it's at, guys. To play daily fantasy football sports and make sure to use that promo code C three so that we can bring them back as a sponsor. So we don't have to beg you all the time for buying merchandise or uh, becoming a C3 super fan for just a dollar 99 a month. Like uh flame for oh, Jesus dude. just gifted five memberships to you guys. Flame for Jesus. You are the homie brother. Who's also mm. been someone who's been very, very active in the C3 chat. We appreciate y'all man. Gifting them five memberships, man. And hey, y'all make the world go around for us. We do this for y'all, man. So we appreciate your support. We appreciate your patronage. Um, Tony, you want to do some more of the slides? You want to do some more calls? Yeah, let's take Which another call. We'll take another call. What's up, C3? What's up, it's Anthony man? from Charlotte. I hope y'all boys had a Merry Christmas. And, um, yeah, um, we got the Jaguars this week. I first off just want to say a couple things. Um, obviously, I was very excited. I had a great holiday and um, – Obviously, I mean, it's still going on technically, but last game was the most fun I've had after a Panthers loss in so long. And just because, you know, you get to see our young rookie franchise quarterback you know, really taking stride. Um, so, you know, I'm excited, man. I, I hope he can build on this. It feels like he's finally playing with that type of confidence. And don't get me wrong, this wasn't the only good game I've seen from him. Um, obviously, uh, the Atlanta game was good, the second one, and that Texans game. So there has been some glimmers of hope of what we see of what this kid can be. I think adding weapons around him. And, you know, the offensive line plays good, and that's what no one's really talking about. Only one sack. You know, you see what Bryce Young can really do when he's got time in the pocket. He can escape the pocket. And, um yeah, I'm just thankful that uh, he's been durable this season. As a five foot ten, 190 guy, that is very impressive stuff. And you got to think, like, the trainers, hopefully, you know, the training staff, quote-unquote, we get a new one, hopefully they tell him, like, hey, let's bulk up to, like, 
you know, two fifteen right when the season ends. Like, let's try to get some muscle on you. I think that's going to help him a lot. Um, but I do want to bring up something real quick before I talk about Jacksonville. In that article, the the um, the Hunger Games article that came out, you know, Diana Racing and Joe Person were saying Frank Reich wasn't really uh, pushing Bryce Young and telling him what he needed to work on, and I, I, you know, that's what you need to do as a coach. You know, if Bryce Young is doing the wrong things on a repetitive basis, then someone has to work with him to try to. Oh, sorry, I'm driving in the, uh, a freaking rainstorm right now. But so the coaches have got to be able to tell him, hey, we need to work on this, this, and this. And I'm glad it breaks up the building because it seems like, you know, hey, Thomas Brown, he has no reason to stay around and help this young kid. He's already fired, I mean, confirmed by his wife. Like, you can tell that, you know, he's finally letting him be Bryce Young. And I think that's the biggest takeaway on the Jacksonville. Wow, those boys have been stuck in ass for the past three weeks in a row. I don't even think Trevor Lawrence is going to play. I really do think we can get the win this week. Let's go into Jacksonville and kick some ass and continue to see strides from Bryce Young. Anthony from Charlotte, give me your thoughts. Keep motherfucking pounding. Hey, my dog. And keep pounding. By the way, my guy, Flames for Jesus, I love this comment. He says, these guys are great. I love this podcast. <laughs> we have built a family here, not just a podcast. That's the goal, man. C3 family. We're here year-round, man. We're here for Panther fans all the time. But uh, Tony CK, to kind of go off of Anthony's call, there's a lot of optimism right now. And if you're a Panther fan, you should be justified to be a little optimistic. So, one, we know this. Trevor Lawrence, like Anthony said, has been banned up. I mean, literally for the past three weeks, he's been banned up. And then to add more fuel to that fire, uh, Ian Rappaport put out, uh, with the status of quarterback Trevor Lawrence up in the air uh, because of a sustained, uh, a sprained right shoulder, the Jaguars have signed quarterback Matt Barkley to the active roster from the Giants practice squad. So not only are we at home, not only is our offense coming off of their best performance of the year. They're on a four-game skid. Yeah, they're on a four-game skid, and they might be without their starting quarterback, Tony. Uh, listen, I think if you're a Panther fan, how could you not be preparing for your team to go in there yeah. and get a dub? Like, I, I, I argue that right now, there has never been a moment to be more optimistic about our chances to win a football game this season. CK, the Panthers are playing with house money and the pressure's on the Jags. Uh, the pressure is on a, in an immense way on the Jags. Um now, this is certainly the type of game that the Panthers uh, have lost in the past, um, even in this season. But I- I'll tell you what, man, it's after this, after what we've seen and what we've been asking to see from Bryce Young in this offense, um, I mean, there's 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 not much more reason to, to give me as to why I think this team could possibly come in here and uh, and get a dub and maybe even a convincing dub, like not even like a, a just a dub, like a a dub that's got people questioning whether Trevor Lawrence is even, if he ends up playing, if he's even going to be uh, able to continue to play at a high level or not. Um, well, the one thing is I wouldn't go out there and necessarily be ready to put a bunch of money on the money line for the Panthers to win any sure. game, given the fact that they've just been so bad this year. I actually, so, I mean, it's like one thing is if we're making picks and 
forecast and there's no money on the line, then I definitely picking the Panthers. I was I picked the Panthers against Packers this week and they would have probably covered. I don't know what the line was on that game or I don't remember. Um but the Panthers are playing with house money. I thought we really if if the Panthers would have won that they could have won this Green Bay game, right? So the only <laughs> thing that kind of prevents me from saying that the Panthers aren't going to do it is just they haven't won many games this year. Right. Uh, but here, I'm not a betting savant. But right now, the Jags are seven-point favorites against the Panthers on DraftKings. Yeah, seven, so, I feel like that's rich, bro. And that to add to that, to add, rich. I want to go put some money. I'm texting well, my boy right that, now. Tony, they said that it'll knock down four points if Trevor isn't there. So even without uh, he Trevor, wasn't supposed to play in this last game either. And then all of a sudden right. he was available. Right. But that's what I'm saying. If you have Trevor, that accounts for four points. So if mm. so, that, what, what they're but he's saying got is, a sprained knee, a concussed though, head. Is he really going to be even able to play or is no, this... that's a, that's a, that's a great question. Even if he does play, you're talking about a quarterback that's injured. Look, especially with, well, I was about to say, if you're the Jaguars, maybe you just shut him down anyway. But the AFC South, dude, they're battling. Like, it was the Jaguars were a lot to win that division. But now the Colts have come I on mean, strong. How the Texans. Yeah, so you, it's baby. like they need every, fucking make the playoffs. They, dude, the the dude, Jaguars need every single W that they can have. But my point being is that even if they don't have Trevor, Vegas is still saying that Jacksonville is a three-point favorite in Carolina. So take that for what it's worth. Oh, and, and, and Tony, by the way, it might not be the greatest uh, week to try to praise Gardner Minshew. What happened this week with him? He was coming um, off of three touchdowns the other week. Oh, they lost badly to Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Atlanta. My yeah. Atlanta. My Atlanta mm-hmm. makes your tummy hurt. Those fucking, <clears throat> you know. Oh, that's right. My nephew went to that game. And <coughs> Miranda's sister's son is strangely a Falcons fan. I don't know why this fucking kid's a Falcons fan. Uh, his dad took him, though. They went to Atlanta. He said, Atlanta's scary at night. That's what he said to me at Christmas. <laughs> I was like, why? It's like, a lot of homeless people, dude. It was like, it was like he, I mean, he's from Greenville. I'm sure that was his first time to a big city. Oh, um, they, they, you know, but they just fucking, Atlanta's going to be that team that does that to anybody. Uh, you know, is like they play terrible when they should play well, and they play good when they shouldn't. Was Baker the problem? Uh, I mean, no, was was Gardner the problem in that game? Uh, he threw, a, I think he threw a good amount of interceptions in that game. Okay. What about Brock? By the way, speaking of interceptions, yeah, Brock Purdy threw more interceptions last night than he threw probably his Four. entire career. It threw four I get by the third word. There were, <laughs> I mean, in his defense to a degree, again, I'm not a Brock Purdy defender. Um, you know, I think he's played very well, but those there was a lot of that he's going up against the best defense. I don't I don't even think it's arguable at this point. The best defense in the entire league. Uh probably the best team in the league. Yeah. That's and, my and, that's my team. That's my non Panthers team. And, and on top of that, there were a lot of tipped passes. That result there were I think two of his four. Oh yeah, yeah. Passes. They were there was one. He got away with one or two. Sure. Okay. No, as well. There was one interception that should have been made. So they're like, you're right. Is some of these are kind of stats that make you look their worst than the actual play on the field was. But there was also some um 
plays. Are they the best defense or are they just playing the best? You know, I don't know if they're oh, necessarily they like same thing, right? They are the best. I, same listen, thing. I've, if you're playing have, the best, they're the best. I have been a okay. uh, I've I've okay. been watching them play um, because they are my fantasy uh, defense, okay. and they have consistently all year scored more than probably the, the a, a very good offensive player. Um, you know, on a regular basis. So they're a complete team, though. Let's put it that way. They are, if their defense is the best, CK, their offense is fucking awesome, too. Sure. And Lamar Jackson is a fucking baller, bro. And on top of that, I said this at the, like, week two or, no, it was, did we play the Ravens? Or did was I just watching a Raven? I watched, oh, it was, oh, maybe it was the Ravens-Lions game. And they fucking dismantled the Lions. You don't ever fuck with the Ravens at home. If you're a betting person, don't bet against the Ravens at home, right? I mean, they, you just shouldn't do it. They're fucking always a nasty-ass team at home. This team is a complete team, and as this offense is putting together shit, every week it's more and more <laughs> different people. My boy Keith Mitchell is hurt, though. They still have three running backs that are great. But then you think, oh, Odell had two touchdowns a couple of weeks ago. Now he's not even now it's a the whole slew. Nelson Aguilar's out there doing shit. Lamar is a fucking baller. And yeah. they are my Super Bowl pick. And I think are was this is this gonna be the Super Bowl match in February, what we just watched in San Francisco and so, um Baltimore. It I could be. I mean, it, it certainly could be. They're both the number one seed in the AFC and the NFC. For um, even though, right, for now. Even though San Francisco laid an egg last night, I think we all know that they're the type of team with the talent uh, on both sides of the football to be able to bounce back from that. We've seen them do it in years past. Dude, Cody, so they were, they were, while they got blown out at the end, through the first half of that game, they had three. The quarterback had three picks, and they were still down, only like ten points. Yeah, and then, dude, at the end of the game, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, they fought their asses off for some yards after the catch, boy. And like they were, they were doing everything in their power to win that football game. Uh, I don't know, man. I think right now the Bills are probably the hottest team in the AFC, or one of. How about that? Uh, you have the well, okay. So outside of Baltimore, who's just fucking kicking. All right, out. so look, I'm gonna be real with you. Let's just talk about Baltimore's no. record, just because. Let's just put so them up. A, 12, they're twelve and three, three. dude. They're yeah, head they're and they're head and shoulders the best team because the Dolphins are eleven four behind them, <laughs> and I think they're suspect in some ways because the Bills. So, like you're saying, so outside of the Baltimore, who isn't hot and cold. Right. I mean, Baltimore and Cleveland have just been steadily winning games all season. So it's funny because we're both uh, going with the rivals here. You're on uh, Team Baltimore. Bro, how about the Browns, baby? <laughs> Look, I, I put this on Twitter. The The Super Bowl that I'm hoping for is the Browns and the Lions. Just I mean, it, I'm not rooting against it, dude. Yeah, I mean, I'm dude, rooting it, for it, been, dude. Now that you put it that way. Yeah, it's been two dumpster fire organizations for the past two decades. And now Three, they're more, looking like... More, yeah, 30 years. Now, right now 30 they're looking... 30 years. Both of these teams are looking good. They're playing good defense. Dude, Joe Flacco 
is one of the coolest stories of the year. Oh, the God. guy, dude, that that guy. But dude, he was on the sofa four weeks ago, and now he's coming in and he's breaking records for the Cleveland Browns. Dude, have you seen what, what him and Omar? Look. Dude, have you seen what him and Omar? He put Cooper? up three sixty-eight this past I know, week. Three seventy-four, three eleven. Holy shit! I he know, has three three hundred yard plus games. Dude, Two of them only, over three fifty. Dude, not only is Joe Flacco fresh off the couch, but he's playing maybe the best football uh, since the last time they won a Super Bowl MVP. Oh, yeah, so this he, is the best football he's played. And how oh, about sure. this? Fuck you, Deshaun Watson. Take that. Oh, no, and Rashard so Mendenhall. Bad. How about Rashard Mendenhall? You're going to draft a white and black team right there. Well, you get Deshaun Watson. We get <laughs> Joe Flacco. Dude, I'm saying this. Joe Flacco is really giving that Browns team some hope right now, man. Uh, they have a real connection. How about this? He's gotten the most out of David Njoku out of any Browns quarterback. Now he's starting to look like an elite tight end. Amari Cooper is one of the only receivers since Terrell Owens to have three games over 250 receiving yards. What? They're, yeah, that many? Yes, dude, he had 250. I have not been paying enough attention to this story because I just find the Browns boring this year. No, and dude, they have they still have one of the best defenses <laughs> in the NFL. Oh, he had yeah. 265 in the last game. Dude, that's fucking okay. Then he had 109 the game before. I said two. I said two fifty six. I thought you meant he had two games in a row where he did that. That's still balling. Eleven catches. He had eleven catches for two sixty five. But he also did the same thing with Dallas. He had a similar stat when he was with Dallas. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. That's a fucking nasty ass number. I'm saying, dude. That's why I want. Did the Browns? Did I get him that, in prize picks? Didn't that's I? my that's my that's my AFC team, bro. That is my AFC team. That's what I'm pulling for. Okay, uh, what does prize picks know that we don't know? They're giving you a discount, thirty-seven and a half yards, and this man had two hundred sixty. Why isn't dude, that number ninety-eight this week? Dude, that's all I'm saying, man. Shout out to prize mm, picks. Something was, they man. know something. Something is on. He got an in, he got an injury. He about to get something. But Tony, you have to admit. That would be pretty cool. A Browns Lions Super Bowl. Oh, I love it. I love That's the idea dope. of it. And when you say this, you said 20 years. I know you're just throwing out a number that meant a long time. Well, it is 20. But let's it's really think more. about the last time uh the Detroit Lions first won their first division in 30 years. Now they have made the playoffs yeah. as a wild card in like eleven and five or something like right. that. Um when was the last time the Lions Went to a Super Bowl. Ask Jeeves. They've never been to a Super Bowl. They've never never been. been to one? They've never been to a Super Bowl. All right. And when was the last time the Browns did? The Browns have also never been to a Super Bowl. Or not in the modern era. No, no. So that they, they Holy shit. Get... Then that makes it even fucking crazier. Not I'm only they not want it. No, this needs to be the game. I know. Do you I, think America would watch it, CK? Oh, dude. Obviously. Yeah, but you, it wouldn't be. It's you know, a higher versus Will the feel good story extend to people that are just mediocre football fans? Yeah, I think so. I don't see why not. I mean, here's the thing: is uh, they're not. They're when you look at those franchises, they're not mediocre franchise fans. 
Like those are the most dedicated fans in the entire oh, world, and they sure. still have a large following. The Browns' following is wild when you look at their lack of success over. They're so how nice long. too. Um, I don't know, man. When Baker got moved over to us, I didn't feel like we had a very many nice uh, but Browns fans coming <laughs> oh, over. I guess maybe. Uh, uh, we did have some on the free for all that yeah, were cool. Yeah, remember they would come in and hang out. I yeah. think this. The only reason. How about this? I only have one anecdotal story outside of this podcast when it comes to the Browns and that there are three bars that are our watering holes. I call it the Bermuda triangle of where we live at. Like they're the three closest, like one's got really good food. One's got the good drinks and one's the late night one, right? The middle one, AJ's that that's the place where Browns fans come in and they, it's like they have a little sign on the wall that right. says, this is the Browns bar. Like, so they just made it their bar. Right. And they just show up in the restaurant part. They decorate, they do all this. I'm like, damn, y'all so sweet. Like y'all know you suck. Right. And they all be happy for week one and two. And they're like, Oh, they're adorable they're but, adorable yeah, is what I they've mean. been through it and again the resilience like when you see a Browns fan you're like dude you know that's a fan how did they, they get that way and never have been to a Super Bowl we're wondering CK well, they if did. The pan- before the modern era like before it was no, that's 1964 Bowl. bro so no that doesn't no the modern era is the only NFL yeah no 100% yeah 100%. how do you develop a fan base. Well, one, I think probably it has to have uh, a lot of it had to happen in a time where, where the NFL was very regional. Right. Right. So like in the seventies, eighties and the nineties, you, if you lived in a football town or in a, in like, you could get it on TV, you could get the news, but if you're North Carolina before the Panthers exist, the NFL is not your sport, really. It's not part of your culture. So, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, being in these towns, maybe Cleveland was at its golden era as a city in some ways, you know, like when it thrived economically or well, like it's a, you know, I don't know if what factors went into that, but they also are just good as dedicated fans because, look, I mean, LeBron James bringing them that title was like was, was like the first title they ever had. Yeah, that was the first championship Cleveland's ever experienced. And yeah. their baseball team. Man, another sad, awesome story. Yeah. And that was in the same year, Indians, wasn't it? Formerly Indians. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, they have had so many great teams and just never got the got got it. You know, got there. And then they've had some really stinker teams. So I just I, just, I like the story. I like Joe I'm Black. With you. I'm, I'm all in on it. Yeah, I like Joe Flacco. Look, I'm not even saying that. Is it what you want or what you think? Though? What do you think is going to be want. the Super Bowl? It's what I want. I agree with you that last night probably was the Super Bowl preview between the Ravens and the 49ers. Dude, I also think uh, Miami continues to look good. It wouldn't surprise me if Miami. I don't trust them in big games. Maybe so. I mean, uh, Dallas, they won the Dallas game. That's their first big test. That how about this? Won. We don't think the Chiefs are going to do it again, right? They don't no, have to not. I mean, I, I think I, there's just I'm, not a, there's too many problems going on. It's not yeah. even their fault. Like, they got a good team. year. And I mean, maybe, um, you know, if they're going to get the playoffs, they have to, uh, they lost that game, though. 
last night, which is bizarre. Right? Um, and, and then they lost they it lose, with, with, I was going to say they lost it with the refs help too, like, or without the refs help, the refs were trying to really give that to Mahomes. Yeah. I know the guy mentioned in the, whoever was doing the broadcast, I can't remember at that point, um, was they were saying that if Oakland, I mean, if Las Vegas wins out, they could, and the chiefs lose out, they it actually is. could win the division. Yeah. <laughs> which is crazy, right? I don't think the Chiefs are going to lose out. Look, the Chiefs are dangerous in the playoffs. I just yeah. don't think you can call them a favorite right now, right? I mean, it's like, is overall, they are a team you don't want to fucking play. How about that? If you're the Dolphins, you don't want to play the Chiefs. If you are the Bills, you don't want to play the Chiefs. Nope. You want to play, who do you want to play in the, you know what? I'll take my chances with the fucking Browns. I'll take I mean, my chances with uh, whoever comes out of the AFC South. I tell you what, I think right now in the AFC, the legitimate contenders are the Ravens, the Dolphins, the Browns, and the Bills. I don't think the Chiefs have the firepower. I don't think Jacksonville is healthy enough. Uh, the Colts, I'm sorry, why would I trust the Colts? No, um, but you got to look for some sneaky teams. Every few years, there's a team – that comes in as a wild it's card. The it's no, the they're oh yeah, because they're not gonna win. That's a wild card team. Maybe well, they might. I, it, they, how so, about the Rams? Dude, better, I don't want to play the Rams right now. Mm-hmm. So hold on. The Browns are ten and five. The uh Ravens are twelve and three. So theoretically, if the Browns won the next two, and let's just say the Ravens lost the next two then the Browns could win the division. Imagine having the, to fucking play the Ravens in a, as a wild card. Like you're like uh, Indianapolis and <laughs> you get the Ravens. Guys, I'm not, I'm not wrong on that, right? The, the, the Browns could still win the division because they beat uh, Baltimore earlier this year. Uh, so, so what? They would be, if they were, they would be 12 and five and the Browns would be what? 12 and mm. five. 12 and five. Yeah. I mean, we'd have to go through the maybe like, let's just say it's like not out of like it doesn't have a clinch right beside the, the Ravens, right? The bills, they can't win their division, right? I I don't want to fuck with the Rams. They can. The bills can win the division because they beat the dolphins already. Yeah. Maybe. All right. Uh, What about uh, in the NFC? Yeah. So the 49ers, the Lions, uh, the Eagles, the Cowboys. Dude, how about the Eagles and the Cowboys? Like, they've kind of fallen off to me. Do you think that is a – okay, what do you think about that fall off? Do you think – whose fall off is more suspect? Who is the team that losing these games is actually – shows who they are? Okay, I don't know about you, but I would say Philly – I would say that I would, I would say their lack of offensive potency after losing um, Shane Steichen to the Colts, it's concerning. I don't think they also have that type of offensive attack that uh, that they had last year. Um, the Eagles are at are one thousand percent the ones that I would say are the frauds right now. Um, even people are going to point to them, you know, getting back right and you know because they lost three in a row prior to this game against the Giants. The Giants, and who, by the way, and no offense to Muscles Marinara, uh, the, the old oh, Devito, man. Ended, it, it what ended a story. up. 
Yeah, he is having a comeback down to earth moment the last two weeks. Last night wasn't any any exception. Tyrod Taylor came in, and that Tyrod Taylor looked. fucks up everybody's life, man. He does this at the end of the season. He's like the PJ, like PJ Dude, Walker. He's he came in and he sparked a fire in that offense and almost gave them a shot at winning that game. Um, had the uh, Giants had a defense capable of stopping anything the Eagles had. Um, and I'm not uh, ready to give up on the Eagles, dude. I'm not I, saying give up on them, but you, it, it, to say that there would be zero concern for them would be right. It's it's almost it's, it's almost as bad, in my opinion, as the situation with uh, with the the Chiefs. Do you trust the Lions or the Eagles the more? And I I would say this: if the Lions and the Eagles played each other, I'd pick the Eagles. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I trust have the, the Lions, Lions won more. a big game. Uh, the, I know the they're every other week winner too. The I think, Packers, yeah. I know they lost to the Packers. The Ravens dirt stomped them earlier in the year. Um, uh, the last know. couple of weeks. All right, here's uh, they beat the Vikings 30 24, they beat the Broncos 42 17, they beat they lost to the Bears, they beat the Saints, they lost to the Packers, they beat the Bears, they beat the Chargers 41 38. They beat the uh, the Raiders. I don't know if I look. The Lions love that the fact that they've won eleven games. I think there's a lot of good parts there, but I think the Eagles are a better team. Yeah. Pound for pound, I think the Eagles are a better team. Even though the Lions have some cool weapons on offense, they're still I, young. I wouldn't be mad if you said, "Yeah, Philly is the team." That they're gonna, you know, once the playoffs come around, they're gonna play playoff football. The defense is gonna show up, and they're gonna do their thing. I wouldn't be mad at you for that. The Cowboys um, have the parts too, man. But look, 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 let's look at the NFC. By the way, look at all the teams still on the bubble, which is just this is all uh, crazy. Yeah, Are we actually gonna see the Bucks make a run in the playoffs? Yeah. I, well, I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I, mean, I like make a run to the play. I mean, they're getting hot, dude. They're fucking. I, I wouldn't. Oh, I'm already willing them. to. Yeah, I'm already willing to say that Tampa Bay is going to win the division. Oh, they yeah, will win but, the division. He's talking about. Uh, he's talking about. Do you think they'll make a run in the uh, yeah, playoffs? Like, could they be a feel good story? I mean, they kind of are at this moment. They're so not what, great. They would team. have to play whoever number seven is. I don't even know how they do. How many wild cards are there? Are there three now? There's three. Three for each division, right? I mean, for each conference. Yeah, one, two, three. The Bucks are four. The Cowboys are five. The Rams are six. And uh, Seattle, seven. Uh, Another team that's playing good football, uh, like Al the Sailor said, is the Rams. They and really, the <laughs> yeah, but the Rams, man, dude, they have Cooper Cup playing well. Puka Nakua has been a sensation this year. They're running the football. Whoever their running back is is always fucking good, dude, no matter who it is. That Sean McVay is still one of the very best coaches in the NFL, and this is probably one of his best years coaching as well. And they have a veteran quarterback in Matthew Stafford, won a Super Bowl. Yeah. The, Ram, the Rams, to me, are like the equivalent of the Browns, they're not going to win that. They're probably not going to win that division, but you do not want to see that team in the playoffs. I don't want to play the Rams. 
right? I think the difference, but I'd rather play the Browns than the Rams. And the be- reason being oh, is the quarterback. And I know that Flacco's on a hot run, but let's see if that for if it, let's see how we because he uh, he historically has had the worst deep ball in the history of football. Flacco, yeah, it is. Not the playoffs, in my opinion, not in the playoffs. Oh, just that in one time, Flacco, just that one baby. time, one time. But like over the last five years, I was ever ever like when he was with the Ravens, and then. He would when he throws it deep, it's just so wild. It's like in the second row of the stands. It's just Dude, so bad. Aaron Rodgers said today that Flacco has one of the prettiest deep balls that he's ever seen. Shut up. Did he? he? Did. Okay. Yeah, he does. Uh, not me. No, I, I ain't seen it. Joe Flacco still has every bit of arm talent. You okay. know, like a professional Ooh. boxer, they say the last thing to go is your power. You still have the heavy bomb. It's the same thing with the deep ball, man. Flacco can throw some fucking. I like that. I like that analogy. All right. What do we got next? We've talked about, I mean, we got a couple more calls to do. We've done prize picks. How about uh, we, uh, let's take another call. Yeah. Let's Um, look, this goes back here. We got two calls, a couple calls from Sunday. Oh, how about this? No, real quick. Cause I know it pisses you off that I love him Uh, so much already, but, uh, uh, Amir Smith, Marset, dude, what the fuck? Uh, get this off of my screen. Okay, I'm trying to stay with Bryce for a long time, says Amir Smith Marset. Tony, I don't know what your axe to grind is with Amir. I love no, him. I don't have a problem with him. Dude, I, I, I'm telling you, I get Curtis Samuel flashes oh, with, the way that, with the way that they use him. If we're able to use him as a vertical threat, give me some more of this dude, man. He makes the offense more versatile. You're able to do more jet sweeps. You're able to do a lot of different things with a versatile speedster like Amir Smith-Marset. Dude, get this man the ball. He's too dynamic with the ball in his hands. I like him. I want more and more of him. I have no problem with those words. I've got no problem with those words and that sentiment. In fact, for a team that's had such inability to stretch the field, it's like, why haven't you rotated this kid in? throughout the season more. Right. The only thing that I, the the only thing I'm like, yeah, like I'm like, I don't really give a shit is that you get two jet sweeps in this game or whatever it is. And he's done three <laughs> throughout the season. Every time like you, you've called them at the right time. They work pretty well. Right. I think he had one last weekend at the Atlanta game that was, you know, productive. I just hate where it's like, here's another example of creativity in the playbook and blah, blah, blah. I think that these plays guys work when other things are working. Sure. And I, I don't necessarily think just because like, Oh, if we would just called this more throughout the season that it would have worked all the time. I think really it's about getting this guy on the field more and giving him some opportunities. Uh, he, he ran a, a slant route in this game, right? Uh, and caught a ball on a slant route. And it's like, dude, why haven't we done this like 90 times this season? Not just for him, but all the right. players. Like, where were all the slant routes this season? That's what I'm saying. I feel man. like for all of the quarterbacks where we didn't have a lot to offer, 
You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, oh, this quarterback, something really to scare you. The one, and they didn't have a good offensive line. The quick slant always was is something that you can make some easy money on, and you know, make you pick up four or five yards. It's like a a sweet play or something. Like it just feels like it's hard to defend as a defense to like absolutely shut it down. He had a great play on that. I just don't like the oh look at the jet sweep. About time you did that. I think that the real reason that all of these players are succeeding is because they're all pl- succeeding at the same time. Right. It's like, finally, the offensive line's playing. All right. Finally, the play call played the call, the right play at the right moment. Finally, the receiver caught the ball. Finally, Bryce made a play, you know, or not. And I'm not trying to dump on it. It's, it's just uh, the constellation. The stars came into alignment. And I think that these plays were effective at those moments. Not because he's fucking some phenom player, which he is fast as fuck, bro. He is fast. When he runs, a, when he ran across this back jet sweep, look at this motherfucker is a move. Fast as fuck, boy. Oh, no. The one fuck. where he goes to the left, he is like in fucking fast forward. Oh, yeah, he is. But, dude, look at the speed, man. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Uh, one of the things that we commented on is the lack of pre snap motion. Now you're starting to see more of it and the fight by Smith to continue to get into the end zone. I love the energy. I love the bravado. I like the speed. I want more of it, man. I want This is more. a great comment. J Tom, uh re- the real C three AP says he reminds me of Ted Ginn. He does. Ooh, that's not bad. He's like a skinny Ted Ginn. What number did Ted Ginn wear? Not eleven, right? <sighs> Was he nineteen? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was 19. 19. Ted Ginn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was 19. Like one of those players I hated, but I'd fucking take him back right now in a moment. Oh, all right. Um, All right. So you want to take that call now? Yeah. All right. This is from Sunday. So this is a post game call. Hey, I just wanted to call in because, y'all, I just feel so fucking, I'm so happy. I feel so fucking good, man. Like, I feel so fucking good about this fucking Bryce Young. Bryce fucking Young, man. Young. And, 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 and uh, Anthony, and, my guy, you got me hyped right now, G. You got me fucking hyped. You got me fucking hyped right now, Ant. Fucking go, Ant. If it's been you and I, it's been you and I in the trenches since day one and a couple of other months. But it's just been you and I, sports nuts, uh, a couple other motherfuckers. But it's been you and I, G. We've been trying to preach this shit since day one. I want to talk about Brian Burns. I don't know if we'll be able to get a first, but I know we can get multiple fucking picks for Brian Burns. I'm talking oh, about God. Nate. I would I be okay with a second, you know, third, or like a two, three, something along that fucking line. I don't give a fuck. He needs to get out. No, we they gotta win pay without him, dude. Brian Burns. And the defense looks the exact same without him, man. I, I, I'm so fucking hyped with, with Bryce Young's fucking performance. His ability to escape the pocket and be Houdini and just be a magician is just, it's, it's magical, man. I'm telling y'all, man. I'm telling y'all. We have our fucking QB. 
fucking alien, a fucking alien. Wait until this motherfucker gets it all the way together. This is just a glimpse. This is just a preview. This is just, you know, when you go to the fucking movies and they give you the 10 minutes of credit, uh, uh, you know, high volume movies. This is what this is. Wait until this motherfucker puts it together. Bryce motherfucking young. I'm so fucking hyped right now. And Carolina fucking Panther Nation should be fucking hyped. And if you guys are hating, like the Black Panther podcast, still hating, I don't know what's wrong with you. If you guys watch this game, if y'all wasn't getting hyped, if y'all wasn't in this fucking game, I don't know what else to fucking say. Because Bryce Young had just impeccable passes today. There were a few passes by Bryce Young, especially the one to fucking uh, DJ Tark. In the end zone, for I had some zip on that bitch. Bryce was airing it out today, man. By no, I'm a motherfucking truth. You know who the fuck it is? It's D Baby, and I'm out. D Baby, happy as hell. I don't know why you wouldn't be, man. Uh, look, this is the game. This is what we all wanted to see from Bryce and Tony. I'm gonna play this throw that Bryce made at the very end of the game when the Carolina Panthers were trying to drive. Dude, look at this throw from Bryce. Like, easily one of the best throws this year. Like, right, just on the just on the money right to DJ Is that Tarkin. a throw, though, that an NFL quarterback shouldn't be able to make, though? Yes, and but it, it's from the near. It's from the I mean, the he should be able to hash. make this throw. Yeah, from the near sideline to the hash. But let's be real. Uh, earlier this year, we've seen a lot of these throws miss high. But look at the so, time. Look at it. Look, no pressure. Yeah. I think, too, this is the what I love about the Bryce Young ball is that Tom Brady loop to it. Like the whoop, yeah. it's like uh, got a nice arc to it. So, like, I don't think he has incredible arm strength. He right? doesn't. I, I don't it think does. it's underwhelming, though, right, where it's like a liability. I just think that sometimes, like, that throw right there is better than being able, if you missile it in, the guy picks it. You know, that yeah. kind of dropping it in the bucket. But really, this is about time. Look, this is that might have been the cleanest pocket he had all season. Well, they Dude, were only rushing three, to be fair. Yeah, right. they were rushing three. But listen, you made – so one of the things that we've had to come to terms with as, you know, Panther fans with Bryce Young being our quarterback, that you you can have a quarterback be successful that doesn't have elite arm talent. And we knew this before the season started. Like, if He if is you a wanted, game manager, to according draft, to Cam Newton. Damn. And by the way, like people shit on Brock Purdy. I feel like Brock Purdy has played very good for the 49ers, all things considering. And I think in that you, you're going to want to build a team for Bryce in that same archetype. Like you're going to want to build a similar type of offense and a similar type of structure. I think you would want to do that too if you had a game changer. My only point right? is, is that like, I don't imagine think Cam that, Newton on that team is right, I think oh, that's what you do. Like is I think a game changer, those guys that are like Cam Newton's, what they allow you to do is sacrifice some things 
and get by like you're doing what the <laughs> are having to do right now with Mahomes or something. Sure. Is that everybody would want that fucking weapons that of course they have. But I, when I say that, what I mean is like I, I, I've said this all year. So I'm I'm consistent, if anything, that if you're going to look for a successful blueprint on what to do for Bryce, it's two teams. It's the San Francisco 49ers and it's the Miami Dolphins. They have a lot of speed series and the guy, guys that you would consider yards after the catch right. receivers. So even if you're going to be affecting the middle of the field more often and not pushing the ball deep, you have guys that all you have to do is get the ball in their hands and they're going to be able to do the rest. They're going to make plays happen. Those are the types of guys that you want to put around Bryce Young. Now, and for the happen- San Francisco 49ers, it's almost like we don't even remember that they have so many of those players because Christian McCaffrey has been arguably the MVP of the so league. Right? It's like those guys players. are actually having down years in so many ways. Comparatively, from, yeah. Like is like just statistically, but you have like that's how you win deep in everything. And but look, is everybody wants a great team. You know what I'm saying? Is a certainly, I mean, obviously, is two is gonna thrive better. Look at what Dak's doing while they have so many now they're starting to hit so many strides as a complete team. Yeah. For me, when it comes to I, I did get irritated. I'm all I guess I'm already irritated by the never ending Bryce conversation. It's like, well, this play shows that he's a bust. This play shows that he can do anything. Right. And like they go this is like so I immediately see after this game, let all those people about the arm talent. What about this throw? And I go, first of all, these are all throws that NFL quarterbacks should physically be able to make, right? If you can't make these sure. throws, you actually don't have the arm. It's never been that Bryce doesn't have a capable arm for me. It's just I watched Trevor Lawrence the other day flick the ball. And it sells 70 yards. It was just like it did. It was like it was just like it. And it's not always a good thing. Right. It's not always a good thing where it just felt like this is that I I haven't seen the ball move that the velocity (laughs) for some of these guys. And that's not a great thing. Always look, Sammy Dimes, Sam Darnold comes in there and clearly has better arm talent than Brock Purdy, but he don't got the game that Brock Purdy has had. He doesn't have the feel the and Tom Brady never had a giant arm. I mean, Tom Brady could throw a deep ball. There's a difference between throwing a deep ball and throwing and having a giant arm because yes, arc, I've been saying this all year. The, the zipping the football into tight windows is the true definition of arm talent. There have been a lot of deep ball throwers that didn't necessarily have the best arm. No, but they, they it's could, timing, feel. They let the ball run on. They, they they let the guys run under it, and distance is not always like. A, some of these guys throw a deep ball on a rope, like Jeff George. Cam right. Newton was this guy. Like, you know, Cam Newton's ball never kind of f- came down like this. Right. Like, it always felt like it was like. Uh, yeah, because he was pushing it that. Bitch. Always and felt see, like. All right, the so the problem. ball, you would think, goes like this. It goes right. up like this arc. And Cam's arc. like, just in like like this. On a rope. Was- <laughs> on a frozen rope. And by the way, it's one of the problems where when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. 
that's why those big arm quarterbacks that have that arm talent, Tony, you remember, I would always say it looks like Cam Newton is trying to throw the ball through their chest. Yeah. Like he's trying to put a fucking hole in their chest. Well, I think that's where sometimes the guys with less arm talent, they have a little bit of advantage because they have to be more <laughs> touch and timing kind of throws. And they don't break their the wide receivers' hands. There were so many times that Cam Newton would throw a missile and the guy was like five feet away. Yeah, like why did you uh, even throw it that hard? But this is a good throw by Bryce. Uh, and this, it's about a 20-yard 20 20-yard 20 pass. And it's in a hole, man. It's literally right between the corner yeah, and the safety. good. I mean, he so again a lot of the. But he he's a he's a short a Alex lot Smith. Of these throw, a lot of these throws that we are seeing, they weren't necessarily completed earlier in the season. So the fact that we're seeing a little bit of growth, that we're seeing oh, it's wonderful. More, yeah, the fact that we're seeing more aggression from Bryce is what I'm really really excited about. Yeah. Playing with more confidence. The team is playing loose now because they have nothing to lose like CK said earlier is that you have a team right now where everybody's getting fired. Oh, how about this one? We got to play this one. Go ahead. But you know, I mean th- this has really only been a confidence thing for me with Bryce. Right. And, and and wait, hold on. Let me say this in the team surrounding him. But the team surrounding him started. You guys said a, a month ago, he's doing things he didn't do at Alabama. Right. It was like he right. this is him. This is a off platform. This is all the this stuff. is the you touchdown want, you know to the, yeah this, this is, wouldn't have been completed earlier in the season. No, and he would have gotten chased down right here. He got chased. Look, he he escapes the pocket. DJ Chart looks back and sees that Bryce Young is having. Finally, DJ Chart got a brain on yeah, him. Yeah, look, he runs to the sideline. Yeah, these are the types of throws that we were not expecting from Bryce because we haven't seen them all year. And then Bryce makes a great play in the back of the end zone on the run to DJ. These Chart. are the plays that he was. We were told that he made all the right, time on a, on a routine yeah. basis. Yeah, we had exactly. Him. And we hadn't seen that. And this still isn't even a great play, if you think about it. It's a broken play. Well, right, but but those are the plays that you're going to have to make in the NFL. Oh, Josh totally, Allen, Josh totally. Allen makes Lamar. those plays. Patrick Lamar Jackson is the best in the plays. business. Lamar Jackson makes those plays. The best quarterbacks in the game they make those off-platform type of throws, and that's what Price has been able to do. And again, if we have been hard. On Bryce, if you think any of us have been hard on Bryce, that's fine because we hadn't seen this type of performance. Well, now we have, and now we have a bunch of praise to heap on Bryce. If you remember before the start of this season and last season, we've had the mindset that everyone has to earn it. You're not going to get pats on the backs and, and, and flowers for anything that you've done before. Everything has to be earned from here on out. And now we're finally starting to see that. And he's I don't want to defend myself about this. Is I don't think I've been overly critical about. Well, you Bryce. don't take the heat that I do on fucking Twitter. Well, you go out there and you fight and you do all these. I'm just telling you this is that we have very, and I think I've been very consistent with my Bryce take. We have very high expectations, arguably too high of expectations, right, from him. As things did not go well in Carolina, where it was clearly beyond a one-person problem, right? Is like 
I mean, in fact, we put Bryce Young at like number five on the problem list <clears throat> for eight, nine weeks, it feels like. But at some time, as you continued to see deter, you know, you didn't see some things good, you couldn't help but wonder and question about what was going on. And not only was this just going to be really what we were all scared of or, and you know what, maybe we shouldn't, it's not over yet. You know, the Panthers go lay two stinkers out here and all of a sudden things are different, but we were just ultimately scared that the, the lack of belief dissipated. I mean, the belief like optimism, belief dissipated. And the people though, that said, believe just, they were no wonder you know why Bryce Young people got this, the the Bryce G baby, the Anthony's. Do you know why Bryce Young did this on Christmas Eve? Because Christmas is about faith, <laughs> faith, sure. and faith yeah. is believing in things without evidence. Yeah. <laughs> right? That is what it is. That's one hundred percent what it you is. You know what? God bless them for their faith. Yeah, and look. Hey, hey, this is a Christmas they're, miracle. They're going all out for the Carolina Panthers. That's why I've never been mad at them. But we can also be real. There were a lot of Bryce Young supporters that were even like, all right, dude. Uh, yeah, starting now, to get worried. Even this is getting a little bit hard for me. By the way, this was my personal favorite throw of the game. Uh, just a rail shot to Tommy Tremble. Wide open again, but you need to hit those wide open receivers. Tommy Let's look Dribble. at what this offensive line does. They, how many are they rushing? Four. So, look, but they a, hold up. That's see, a pretty ass pocket right it. there. What's Icky doing? Icky's getting worked <laughs> a little bit. Dude, Taylor, uh, uh, yeah, Icky handled Taylor that had a bad game. He had missed one Taylor big play. Yeah, I mean, but look, look is, this is what I, we wanted. About a twenty, yeah, twenty-five to thirty-yard pass, dude. That's nobody. That's one of my favorite ones, man. That's it, guys. That's no nice one play. believed that Bryce couldn't do this. We just started wondering right. why it wasn't happening, and it was reasonable to want. And by the way, now I also think that we're we're looking at Frank Reich, even with a different set of eyes. Right. Like maybe it's possible that he was the problem. Right. That he was never sold on this quarterback, and that David Tepper forced a quarterback. On a coach that didn't want him. I hit that too. That was one of the I'm reasons. I'm so sad was, the Frank Wright story. That didn't was work. one of the reasons why I was so loud about it because, in my mind, that's how much of a problem that it was that you had an owner that was going to push a quarterback on a coach that didn't want him. Now that he's out the door, now that you start to see how to build around him more, now I want you to go out and find the guy that loves Bryce Young. As much as G baby oh, does. Oh, well, now you do. As yeah, much you, as Anthony yeah, does. You better. Yeah, yeah that actually is how you get the Panthers. You, like that should be the number one uh, question. Like, so when I do interviews at work or something, I feel like there's certain questions that I zero in on. So it's those responses that are the most important to me. Not most, but I'm like, hey, this is telling. I like this is my question. Basically, it's like. The first point of this person's presentation is Bryce Young is going to be a fucking star in Carolina and I'm going to make it happen. Like, I'm like, now I'm listening. By the way, I that should people, be the number one fucking thing that the guy sits yeah, down and says. By the way, I hear people in the in the chat room, <laughs> of the film room. It's coming back this week. 
this Thursday, we're doing a film room. We're look, can look I get in on film. it? You absolutely can get I'm in on it. I'm off work this week. I do. It's kind of your channel. You don't really even need that. I know, but, uh, uh, but um, yeah, but I uh, do for sure. Uh, we want you to be a part of it. We're going to do it on Thursday, probably around sometime between seven and eight. Uh, we'll do a, we'll do a live, uh, breakdown of the all 22 film. I'm going to have my notes to go over the good and the bad. Uh, and yeah, for sure. We're going to do it. And by the way, the film room is not going anywhere. Even during the draft season, as the draft comes oh, around, now we get to go and get look at players. We gotta get. Yeah, gonna, that's what I'm we need to bring back. Convince me to care. That's my one of my yep. favorite segments because I hate the we draft. So you gotta excite me about somebody. Oh, we're gonna do it. And by the way, so I've been able to live stream them because it's the NFL, and the NFL is actually pretty cool about the All Twenty Two. But once we go to the college season, they're pretty much going to be videos that are exclusively for our. Uh, are one ninety nine a month members because all the college film, yeah, they're off of other YouTube channels. Yeah, and and even if you even if you get the all twenty two, it'll probably take down. You know, they'll give you a copyright strike or something. Mm. So during the season, man, if you want to get in on some of these draft picks earlier than everyone else, some of these players subscribe for a dollar 99 a month man and that will help us like white chocolate espresso is a subscriber there for a dollar 99 a month who's been uh at the ground level i guess we've been doing it for a year he's been in it for a year or 15 months um if we can continue to main first all the views are going to dip in the off season for every not only channel but just interest and it's already started to be honest sure sure but uh if we can continue to keep that C3 super fan club in the off season and build that as the foundation going into 2024. I think it's going to really, it'll be a good platform, you know, springboard for us to do a lot of things um, into going into the season here. Uh, Jay Thomas with the 499 love bomb says, hell yeah. For the film reviews, I'm excited to be part of them. Let's go to one more call from after the game. There's two. We don't have a ton of calls tonight, but we're not. I thought we were going to be making. We were making good time, and then Tony just keeps interrupting. Yo, 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 Cardoza. We still lost by. We still lost. But What's whatever, up, whatever. But it, like, like this. The previous card said, it just looked different, dude, and it. And good, man. Throw the ball, bro. Just throw the ball, bro. That's all you got to do, man. Just throw the ball. Who cares? <laughs> I don't got shit much invested in this motherfucker. <laughs> but Where are all the power just throw run the guys ball, at? Dude. That's it. <laughs> it's a loss. A loss is a loss, but still. Like, it looks different. It looks different. It looks something similar. Oh, now you can, now you can say that it looks similar to... um. Trevor Lawrence, I'm not going to say Peyton Manning because Peyton Manning can find him all the time great. But it looks similar to fucking Trevor Lawrence. Man, just throw the ball, bro. That's it. That's all you got to do. <laughs> Let it rip. Let it rip. All right. Two things about this. Al is not, or a couple of things about this. This is Al, and he's not been a Bryce Young fan throughout the season. Right. Let's just go ahead and be clear about that. Second, this brings to me two things. I, I continue to feel bad for Frank Wright. Why I feel bad for someone who got paid $40 million to coach eight games or whatever it is, I befuddles me. But I continue to just think it's too, it's always like just the simple answer to me is suspicious. 
And I know Paul and Frank, right? This team has um, won one game under Chris Tabor under <laughs> weird circumstances. They had this game, which was uplifting because we finally got excited about Bryce. But you just wonder, too, is like what would have if somehow Frank Wright could have had one, maybe two more wins earlier in the season that got him to this jail point? Because this is kind of a jail point to me where it's just like finally the things that we wanted to be happening in week three and four are happening. It just happens to be week 15. Um, So I just feel bad for Frank Wright because I think he's going to be the easy target for why this just didn't work. I'm not going to feel bad because he's finally got a giant bank account. Uh, I think this is a gel. This is part moral victory guys. This game I think is moral victory. Yeah. It wasn't a real victory. I think it's still a moral victory. And that is, this was just, a morale game for the fans, we need a morale game for the players, a morale game for David Tepper. And I feel bad that I think that Bryce, it's a morale game for Bryce. He needed this man. That, imagine, imagine the confidence boost. Feel Frank like a little patsy in this though. Uh, yeah, but a little now, scapegoat, a little, he's a little, uh, Who's Tony, I Jack used to Ruby. Feel, he's a little Jack Ruby in this. Tony, mm. I used to feel the way that you do. I really did. I've even said as much on you this podcast. You went hard in the paint over it, too. Yeah, but I feel like now I'm starting to, I was about to say walk it back, roll it back <laughs> a little bit, because what I'm saying is I'm looking at this offense just over the past two weeks, and again, against we didn't score a touchdown against Atlanta, granted, right? But I have seen this team in two weeks do things that we didn't even think were possible in the previous 10. There like, is one difference though, in this team, the di- the team is different on one level. And that is the guards. Yeah. Uh, like you yeah, have uh, yeah. guards that have played two weeks in Can't a row that have just been serviceable to good. And really the 10 weeks before that or whatever <laughs> it was, 12 weeks before that, it was a rotating fucking ball of shit at the guard position. And I'm sure that Frank Reich, I mean, obviously had to answer for it, but if he would have just had two better guards throughout the season, you wonder if, man, this team's a little bit just different. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, I believe uh, you said that after uh, he was fired, your wife asked if you feel bad for him. And you said, Ah, he's making millions. I don't yeah, I don't give a fuck. My like, best Fred, day at work is just a moral victory. His worst yeah. day at work is a moral victory. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Uh, dude. Uh, so two things. Don't feel bad for Frank Wright. No, okay? I don't he's feel not, bad. He's not, I just think no, it's a simple argument. He's not feeling yeah. bad, dude. Frank Wright is feeling good. He's retired. And, yeah. And Way to go out on a good pay bump. Everyone and their mama in Panther Nation needed what happened last Sunday <laughs> to happen. Everyone. I wish it From, didn't happen right before, at the like birth of Jesus. <laughs> yeah, dude. You know? the, uh, the one game that we felt good about and you weren't able to be there in the post game. Yeah, you, or be it, or really just game. be super invested throughout the day. You know what I mean? You're still 
I still had to go buy a Christmas present and shit in the morning. Hey, that, that was the Christmas present to Panther Nation. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's, uh, we got some more calls to do. Let's go through them. Oh, hello, speakers. It's JJ one more time. And I had, I had one more last thought. I wanted to say Thomas Brown. It does look like, I, I want to ask you, how do you JJ? feel about Thomas Brown over the past couple of weeks in the play calling. Um, I feel it's gotten a little bit better over the over the year. You know, you see marginal improvements. I mean, today we had obviously our best offensive game. So I think today it was the most we saw for sure. Right. And it's still within just a month after Frank Wright's firing maybe that we're able to make these kind of improvements. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I, I've been critical of Thomas Brown throughout this season. I haven't been the highest on him. But I remember Strat's been saying it's been getting better. I mean, like, if you've been watching the games, it looks like the offense has been, getter, been getting better. So, you know, hey, man, maybe I need to apologize to Thomas Brown. Maybe we need to give a little more credit to him. Hey, should we should we hire Avero as the coach and keep Thomas Brown as – as the OC, who knows, man? What if they but made Thomas Brown Thomas head coach? Brown sure as hell today. Uh. Pickle to shut the hell up. No, I'm just joking. I just said that because uh, Pickle Pickle is always giving Thomas Brown shit every week in the spaces or free for us. So, you know, I'm sure Thomas Brown dabbed on Pickle today with that 30 points. But no, nah, all jokes aside, besides that, tell me how y'all feel about the offense and the progression so far throughout the past month after Frank Wright's firing. And I really guess that's just it. Uh, and Bryce's progression too, I guess. But keep pounding C3 or 20 C3 where Panther fans have more fun here than Panther players on the field. That's awesome, keep man. Pounding. Thank you, JJ, man. Great JJ. member of the fam. Uh, that's is there dog. any coach on this team that really is worth – a consideration as a head coach for the Carolina um, Panthers next year. Ivero, and that's it. Do you really think that, or do you think that because he is a no? I don't. You're asking me. Uh, you're, no, you're, we really feel like has a lot of promise and probably has been overlooked. You think of all the other coaching circumstances. I mean, maybe is he more of a feel good story to be a head coach, or does he really does? deserve do you well, would you be okay if they just said you know what we're hiring him i think i, I would, would be okay. i don't know how i would feel i would yeah feel, i'm not I i'm not sure how, I, I think he has head coach qualities and head coach material i still think it's a little bit too early i would want him to be a part of a team that has has a winning record which the broncos and the panthers have not had since he's been the defensive coordinator again i know that's not all on him but his defense on bad teams have been relatively good. We don't have to have the same argument as no, we're not. Last no, week. no. But you're if right. you're if you're asking me to pick amongst the coaches on this team, I think Averro is probably at the top of the list. Oh, totally, totally. And but I I'm, don't, I'm asking, would you even bring back anybody? For me, I'm a GM or I'm David Tepper. Regardless, Tabor. I think I this, bring back Tabor. No, as head coach. Not coach. But I no, I'm saying this is for oh, me. Coach? No. This is, I think, where oh, some people or where I disagree kind of on the Wilkes. We should have kept Wilkes. We should have kept Wilkes. 
I think there is an argument for keeping Wil- was an argument for keeping Steve Wilkes. I think there was a fair argument for hiring him as a co- as the coach. I just wonder sometimes when things are so fuck fucked up. Like, do you really want any of this DNA back? You know, and that that was what it that's what it is for me is not actually mm-hmm. I would want Evero back as a coordinator because then you're like, hey, I just wonder, it's like, gosh, is how do you go two and fifteen or two and whatever we're gonna go and anybody has a, <laughs> a failing up. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, not I, as a, I just not, think not, I just think it'd be there's, weird. There's no one here that I would want to be the head coach right now. There are a lot I mean, of I wouldn't that, cry if he was there. like I wouldn't be upset. Like if they said Ajira Ever is your next head coach, I could find a million reasons why I would say, All right, I look still at this, look at this, look at this. I just don't see it as like really the most practical head coach hire. My my final <laughs> on the matter is I would want to do what the original plan was when you hired Frank Reich. I want to pair a head coach who has the ability to call offensive plays and call them well, that you're going to be able to pair that guy with Bryce for the foreseeable for future, just like uh, Mike McDaniels into attack of Iloa. That way you're not doing this thing where every time you have a good offense, now your play caller is out the door. Now you're replacing Yeah, do you him. think Detroit all of a sudden is going to be able to, I mean, uh, they're, right. they're hoping right. to replicate 100%. that. Look what 100%. the Bills have had to kind of go through. And by the way, even look at the um at the Houston Texans. They hired Domenico Ryan's a defensive coach. Even if you like what their offense was able to do this year, if Bobby Slovak gets a head coaching yeah. job, what right is now, that that's enough, it's the one drawback to being a defensive head coach in a day and age where the NFL is skewing toward high powered offense. Unless you were what almost turned out to be until Cam Newton's shoulder got wrecked in that Pittsburgh game. Ron Rivera, defensive head coach with brilliant play caller, Norv Turner, who was too old to go and do a head. Like you could have run 10 years with Norv Turner and Cam Newton. Oh, for That's sure. what I would have like, you know what I'm saying? That would have been a perfect another year run it, yeah. where you go. Like that's the only way is you find a guy that you're just loyalty bank and the age and the timing is right. You know, what about um, you talk about the play call of what Baltimore has done and the, what is it? Monken, the guy that came from Georgia. Yeah. Uh, Ted Monken. Uh, Mon- uh, I yeah. It's Monken. It's something Monken. Um, I want to see what he, when I look at him, he looks older. Monken, what is his Todd, name? Todd Monken. Todd, oh. I said Ted. His name, uh, so That's he is a coach. How old is he? Let's just do this. He's 57. Ooh, I wonder if he could be in consideration. Mm. Ooh, dark horse name. Monken, who made the best out of Lamar Jackson? Uh, maybe. Uh oh, I'm on to something, folks. Let's go. Got a couple more calls. 
Hey guys, it's the girl that makes him howl, aka Joey the Blind Panther. Looks like a somebody who actually ended up going to that game on Christmas Eve uh, because of things that changed. I'm not gonna get into it, but hey, I ended up going to the game. You know, I went again primarily to go to Roaring Riot. You know, just to flirt, but you know, the game itself ended up being actually fun. The crowd was into it. The game, I mean, we scored 30 points on offense. On offense, we scored 30 points. And you know what? You know, it's something Tony would say, you know, especially now that this season is just gone. Like, there's no salvaging this season. You know, we're, we're screwed. There's no salvaging this season. So the fact that even though we didn't win, the fact that Bryce Young and company were able to put up the points they did and have the outing that they did is almost is as good as almost as good as a win to me. I know it would have been fun to win this game, Same. but it, it, I mean it wasn't going to get anywhere. I agree. We're on, we're we were never going to get anywhere by winning this game. We're not going to get anywhere by winning the next two. But seeing Bryce Young play like the way he did, seeing the offense play the way he they did, and seeing you know, seeing everything except, I mean, seeing everything come from the offense, which is something that we haven't seen all this year, was was actually fun and actually was, you know, quite reassuring. Although, of course, Eddie Pinero missed two extra points and our defense disappeared. Like, well, I, don't, I don't know where they went. And, uh, you know. Hey, Tony, if Eddie Pinero had made those two extra points, don't you think we would have been in a better position to win? Like, I know you say kickers don't lose games, but how? An extra point is something you just have to We were to tied. Make. We were you tied. Know? You can't go for two every time. And when we did go for two, we made it, except for the stupid time the rest fucked us. But, hey, what do you have to say about Eddie Pinero missing those two kicks that really hurt us? Anyway, guys. Um, your guys' thoughts on Eddie Pinero? Well, I so CK and I talked about this on the post game show. Um, we don't think that he lost it. I don't think that he lost this the game. But there's no way you could say I was just saying as a player at this point. But he, he well, didn't lose the game. No, he didn't. There were those. There were there were those at the end. There were those who said that. Uh, but no, I don't think he lost the game. I do think that, I mean, yeah, he, he fucked up, but he also won us the Atlanta game. Right. So it's like, the why do you miss these fucking kids? <laughs> um, I'm more interested in this and the rather than discussion of did he win or lose the game. Mm-hmm. My question is him as a kicker. While all there's been a lot of consistency from Pinero, there's a couple of drawbacks to him. One is that he doesn't have the biggest leg when it comes to place kick it like off the tee. So right. he's not like a guy that's going to kick it out the end zone every time. Right. That was the last kicker's awesomeness. Who's the guy that went to Sly, Joey Sly, yeah, like he did kick it like out of the fucking county or something. Well, Pinero can't do that. So it goes kind of harkens back to that old NFL day where they used to have a place kicker and a field goal kicker. Um, and now 
So he's not good at, you know, he's questionable beyond 50. Like you start getting past 52 and you're wondering what the conditions are and whether you should do it. And then he misses silly extra points sometimes. What are your thoughts on Pinheiro? Nice for me. It's He's been a nice player for the Carolina Panthers, but I don't have a ton of allegiance to him. He's the most consistent kicker we've had in uh, many years, uh, in my opinion. I think um, he didn't lose the game for a couple of reasons. We lost by three points. He missed two extra points. Honestly, uh, I was talking to Cody about it again on the post game. If you want to put that on Eddie, you have to equally put that on Icky as well because one of those misses came after a holding call, and I'm pretty sure it was Icky, where Bryce Young was actually scoring a two-point conversion. Yeah, it was on the two-point play. Yeah, Yeah. and and so after that is when he had to go up and kick a field goal, an extra point. That did have an extra 10 yards kicked back onto the end of it um, because of that holding goal. Whoever the cornerback is on that one player that catches that football that wasn't a catch. I just Um, have a hard time when you're tied to say that any one player lost you the game. Right, exactly. I mean, that's that's my – listen, as far as – if if he had missed the game winner, then sure. I'm still of the mind that you can't take that – that's his job and as much as that sucks to be able to put on him that would be on him let me pose uh, a hypothetical to you because i think that being tied is an interesting caveat to this the hypothetical is this is that say the carolina panthers are able to finish this game 30 30 they were able to get they so they stopped the green bay defense rather than them going and scoring a field goal and somehow you march down the field and you have a 45-yard kick to win the game, right? And you miss that kick, right? Then you go to overtime. And then there's two scenarios that can happen in this overtime. You could either win in this overtime or you can lose in this overtime. But say you both get a full series of possessions after that and you lose the game. Do you go back and say Panera lost the game for you when you had a whole nother series? You know what I'm saying? Like it just seems... Like, yeah, he could have won the game in that moment, but you could have also gone and scored a touchdown in overtime. You could have done something like that. You wouldn't be like, oh, um, that's just it. It's like, to me, it being a tied game. If he he missed a field goal at the end that would have won the game and then we lost because of, uh, you know, we weren't able to get together. It was a 51-yarder. If it was a 51-yard, again, this is it, then we go to overtime and lose. If it's like a 60-yarder, then I'm not putting so much on him. But 51 is kind of like 48, 100% put that on him. Um, so, and, and then we go to overtime and lose. You say Panero lost the game for us? Yeah, because he didn't show up when he needed to in that moment when he was kicking the game-winning field goal. Like if what he if had made in his that goal, overtime, what if in that overtime, you lose a game winner, you lost the game? No, what if then you go to overtime, Bryce Young throws an interception in the end zone? It's a con- it's a collaborative effort at that point in time. Had Eddie done his Panera job. still lose the game for you? Um, he has a part of the reason that we lost. I would also yeah. say this, is that if you get down there, I wouldn't be willing to say Bryce Young lost the game for you if he threw an interception in the end zone. I mean, Tony, right? winning and losing is a team effort. But for, okay. that Bill- but for the Bills team in the 90s that lost the Super Bowl on a field goal kick, as unfair as it might be, history will remember that kicker as losing the game for them. 
I think kicking a field goal in the NFL is much different than like what that Boston first baseman or whatever, where he let the baseball roll between his legs and he's right beside. I don't, I mean, I think there's a a degree you're acting like it's automatic. I don't know. I just think this. All right. Uh, Obviously, losing is a team effort, no matter what. <laughs> it's just like winning a football game is. But again, sometimes you're never going to be able to control the optics. If you lose a last-second field goal or a last-second extra point, like Eddie Pinero did last year against the Falcons, yeah, as unfair as it might be, you lost that game. Definitely didn't win it. We can all yeah, agree they didn't win it. If we You're disagree right. if he lost it or not, we can agree right. he didn't win it. Let's go to the next goal. Hey, what's up? It's the real AP. AP, what's up? Merry Christmas. What's up, my man? Um, yeah, we got shafted on that game. Uh, shit, man. The one play, I don't know if it's Trimble down there near the end zone. The dude tackled him before the ball got there, and that's when we got the rough in the call. On Bryce, that should have been pass interference. I was like, what the hell? And, uh, yeah, we just got shafted all around, man. Um, but CK, me and you have been on this hill about we should have benched Bryce for the rest of the season and put Dalton in. And then now, and I stood by that, and then now he has this, what do you say, a breakout game. Uh, where do we go? I like a meet and grow on that one. In the next week. Well, this is what you wanted um, to happen. This is I the mean, argument for keeping him in. That. Yeah. Yeah. I would have made that move. I mean, he hadn't done nothing until then, but I don't know. What's your thoughts on that, bud? Anyway, love I mean, you guys. Yeah. Hope everybody's had a Merry Christmas, man. Keep pounding. CK, go first, man. Uh, man, I am uh, in. Again, I was thinking about it after the post game. Uh, I'm glad they didn't bench him. Um, I'm glad they didn't listen to the fans and I'm glad that they continue to stick by him because two weeks in a row, the guy's shown growth and he's given us some things to be optimistic about. Again, if, if they had benched him and Andy Dalton came out and blew it out of the water, um, that would have, that would have solidified a lot of people's opinion about Bryce young. Uh, and I don't think many people would have gone into next year feeling very good. Right. Um, I'm not sure that this changes that tide entirely, but uh, the optimism that we can have now saying, hey, listen, I see the path of Bryce Young. Do I? Do we believe that he was worthy of the number one overall pick plus the draft capital that we're giving up to go get him and DJ Moore? I still don't think you can make that argument that that's the case. However, if Bryce Young can be a Brock Purdy, if Bryce Young can be a Tua Tag, you know, Tua, uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name anymore. Um, if he can come out here and actually be a Russell Wilson. I look at him almost more of a Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson, um, he has the, he has a good arm, but his arm strength or where his, where he shines or where he used to is his ability to do these rainbow balls that were just accurate. And it wasn't a matter of getting, uh, putting the ball in a line. It was always a matter of like dropping them into a bucket. And, and Russell Wilson was like a, a master at that. Um, I could see Bryce Young becoming that type Right now, the only thing I'm looking for with Bryce is the deep, in-stride, 40-yard bomb that's going to be going into the end zone. That's the only thing now missing from what uh, anything that we've seen so far this uh, this year. And if we can get um, ISM, if we can get any of these guys to actually get one of those posts and just run straight down and beat their guy, 
Um, I think Bryce Young might, it could be something we see happen this week. You're muted, uh, Cody. I'm eating a little crow too. I mean, but it's not even eating crow. Like, it's not like we came from a bad place when we were saying, hey, mm-hmm. Bryce is getting destroyed behind this piecemeal offensive line. It seems like he's breaking his confidence. You know, we knew that no matter what happened, Bryce was going to have to come back and be the quarterback for the Panthers. We were just looking out for his health and safety. But, yeah, the fact that he did have this type of game, yeah, it doesn't happen unless you believe in him. And I think you have to give a lot of credit to Chris Tabor and Thomas Brown for sticking with their guns and saying, hey, fucking go out there and make us – let it be undeniable that you need to be the quarterback starting every Sunday. And I, I think apologizing for shit, Cody. I'm going to tell you this first, the whole point of this damn long form podcast is to have discussion about things like, should you start or sit Bryce? Second is ultimately what we're just talking about is options of how to handle the organization and what the potential um, negative or positive consequences can be from those options. So as you guys were outlining those things, or at least trying to, I'm going to say this, don't uh, apologize for anything here. This game right here was why you would start Bryce young for the rest of the season, right? right? This is the reason you have an opportunity for growth, more experience, right? development of morale for the fan base. Look, I made this list right here. These are the things that could come out of positive things that could come out of starting him, right? Um, Morale and confidence from him as a player, right? The argument for sitting him is number one injury. So if Bryce, I mean, Bryce could have gone out there and injured his ACL and then we would have been saying, oh, you shouldn't have done it, right? You mean that would have been that mental injury. We're saying this is the kid. And this was the like the opposite of the of the team and the Bryce Young we've seen for 15 weeks or whatever it is right now. So but mental injury is in confidence, lack of confidence, regression, these types of things. Uh, And then the worst case fucking scenario would have been Dalton was successful. Imagine if Dalton comes in and has this game, like you were saying, CK. Yeah. Oh, my God. Miserable. Yeah. Like, what would be worse for Carolina if uh, <laughs> is him blowing out his knee or Dalton would have come in while he sat there and watched and Dalton fucking go reel off three wins with three 300-yard games? Yeah. <laughs> That's a tough question. It's a rhetorical yeah. question if you want to. Think about it going not tonight, but going forward is what would have been the worst scenario? Uh, Al, I think. Uh, what up, guys? It's Al. Um, Merry, <laughs> or Merry, oh, happy holidays, guys. That's it. Thanks, Al. Happy holidays to you. And Appreciate here is my brother. bastard son. I didn't send Kill you a present because I don't play. Um, listen, I looked at the next gen stats and Apparently, the separation time is clearly, like, no different from, like, what's it been all year. Like, even with DJ Shark, it would add him, like, at 1.79 or something like that. Like, it's not they're not getting much separation, but yet 
the ball got to them and they caught it. So to me, it's Bryce like trusting his receivers now and not just and having towards Adam Thielen, like actually throwing it downfield a bit more. Uh, that's that's what I got from it. Uh, let me get your all takes on why the separation time is basically the same, but yet Bryce Young is getting in the ball him longer. My uh, my answer to that is that there's two things: is the offensive line has not has been okay at sometimes, and Bryce hasn't been good, but the offensive line as a whole has just been fucking terrible. And we to the point where we have said this might be the worst offensive line we've ever seen, right? Is what Cody comes in here has been saying and from week and week out. Um, but this, I feel like it was just the only thing that was missing from Bryce was rhythm. And it was just like getting into a rhythm. So, you know what? We saw a couple of quarters strung together. Now we've seen two games strung together. You know, just getting a little rhythm and momentum. I think that's the real difference here. And if those receivers aren't getting a ton more separation, what they what it is is these time these players are getting more time to develop. And we're not going to talk about this tonight, but Miles Sanders had three carries for three yards. Mm. He's so overrated, man. Tuba is he's not even back playing. Back. He didn't even play in this game, dude. Hey, at least he's not Terrace Marshall. Terrace right. Marshall. Hey, how about this? Terrace Marshall was one of the biggest busts that the Panthers have ever drafted. Um, it, it, it's now multiple weeks in a row that he is a healthy scratch. Later, dog. I can't wait to get the real story behind Terrace Marshall. If I'm the only one interested in Cameron Artis Payne's story. There's got to be like three people interested in Terrace Marshall Jr.'s story. Like in five years, we got to get the T on this. We set a timer, put it in our calendar for five years. Terrace Marshall, we need the real story behind the scenes. Uh, Next gen stats, CK, have the separation about the same. Why is it that it's that Bryce is getting it done? Um, I think that I talked about it on the post game. I'm liking that he's trusting his guys to go get the ball. Um, he's uh, he's not and I said it last week when we won that game is he seemed he's throwing balls. He was throwing guys open um, as much as people were talking about under throwing in that, in that blizzard of a, or that, uh, that uh, hurricane that he was playing in. Um, he was throwing some really good back shoulder uh, throws last week. This past week, he was throwing dimes uh, when the weather was uh, cooperating with him uh, this week. And I, listen, I, I, I would, I would say that it's got to be that. I think there's got to be some scheme aspect to it um, because we sure as heck weren't making them, them be honest with the run. Um, our run game was not good this uh, this week. No, it's, uh, it shows moments where things can happen. We just haven't seen. You know what is? I don't think we've seen a wide. We saw a wide receiver screen, but maybe once in this game. Yeah. Which, by the way, it it, it angers me because I hate the screen. But I watch other teams do and they do it, it so well, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I think that's what Frank Wright was thinking. He's like, I why the fuck can't we do this? It's one of those things that a well-timed screen can be a thing of beauty. Yeah, and, it, no, and you have blocking wide receivers too. They got I was watching. I was watching the Raiders execute it well. I was watching the Giants do that against a great defense against the Eagles. 
Um, I mean, I was watching a lot of people and they just throw these screens and it was just, it would rarely get blown up. It was, by the way, that's one of our biggest issues. Right. Like the worst thing that would happen, CK, is they get three yards. Yeah. Right. Uh, It's like, oh, failed screen, three yards. Ours would be a negative three and a fumble for a touchdown. Yeah. Our our biggest issue, I think, with our wide receivers, and this kind of is a reason why I think the screen don't work as much, is we are the worst yards after catch team in the NFL by a large margin. When I don't think you could tell me a a play where somebody has caught the ball and gotten 10 more yards. I can't Uh, remember a place where they've gotten five. Right. (laughs) I mean, I really can't. And that's, that's the thing I think we're dealing with is a lot of these manufactured yards we see for some QBs are coming from these beast wide receivers who are just like catching the ball and running like, and there's no more evidence than one of the Adam Thielen catches where he was, he had a clear line to the corner of the end zone and a guy just was like jogging and caught his leg. Like it was like, if that was anybody, if that was a speedy wide receiver, he was gone. Cue uh, the DJ Moore people right yeah. now. You know, right. DJ Moore has done that this season. Yeah. Um. All right. That's all I got for the show. Oh, one other thing. I do want to, it wouldn't be a C3 Panthers podcast without talking about Cam Newton. Uh, <laughs> love Cam Newton. Uh, somebody put this out is Cam Newton's 14th rushing touchdown itself was longer than all 15 of Jalen Hurts rushing touchdowns combined. And I love that top part from just Joe. And that's such a, I, listen, I'm not trying to make this a, a shit on Hertz, but right. you can't compare the two. Agreed. Hertz, is, Hertz is athletic. Don't get me wrong, but Hertz is 1000% the benefit of one of the best offenses that you can ask for, for that type of a guy. He's mobile. He the- he's a mobile quarterback, but he's not a Mike Vick and Cam Newton. Wasn't Mike Vick. They were different players, but Mike, Cam Newton's the only quarterback as a mobile quarterback that there was really an argument for him being better than Mike Vick, Mike Vick, Ed Steve, you know what I'm saying? And now you got Lamar, maybe, I mean, Cam Newton and Mike Vick were such different players. Hurts is mobile and he can hurt you that way. He can, but also the, again, I'm, I hesitate to try to put them into the same category. I agree. Main, mainly because uh, Cam Newton did it with, uh they like no nobody right like nobody at wide receiver we didn't have a great uh, offensive line um these were these were incredible games uh to see when he was running these balls because he was fighting through that that one Atlanta Falcons game in 2015 where we lost our only game is a pure indication of to why Cam Newton was a superior mobile quarterback um when you're talking about having one of the best offensive lines in the entire NFL the Eagles have they have an AJ Brown. They have a a Smith. They have a a Swift. They have a a Goddard. Man, it's I have zero uh, problem saying that Cam Newton is superior from a running quarterback perspective. Hurt Justin Long, have him. Justin Hurt. Long said uh, Lamar had two one thousand yard rushing seasons. Love Cam, but come on, uh, I I think that's a fair point. Like I mean, if you're gonna put top all time rushing quarterbacks into the case is man i think lamar has to be up there yeah man you're going lamar mike vick cam newton steve young these are types of things here um i just know this about cam that was crazy and i can't remember if this was 2014 or 2015 or could have been it could have been any fucking year i can't i am notorious about like not getting to my seat on time 
for a football game, like not making kickoff. It comes back to an old ECU thing where we just like to party a little bit longer before we can't go in and drink. And this is at a college game. But I remember being in the stadium, like walking up this, you know, trying to get to the seat. And you're fucking getting your one beer, you're getting your beers real quick before you go sit down. And you miss kickoff. It might have been like the second or third play. And Cam Newton, and you hear the whole fucking crowd erupt in there. And you're like, what happened? What happened? He's like 70 yard Cam Newton running. You're like, yeah. man, I fucking missed the. I remember a game where that happened. Um, yeah. Is look, is no shit. No, it's just different types of situations. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Hurts, though, is look, Cam Newton is arguably the best short yardage threat in the history of football. Like, who do you put up there? You put, and I'm not saying we have to have a real long discussion, but like, I'm thinking just coming to mind, it's like Jerome Bettis, the bus. I can't think of a person that you had first, like, uh, you needed one inch. To get you, a touchdown, then Cam I mean Newton. it's it's next to impossible not to put Hertz up there just because of yeah him, the, the tush, push. um the tush, but the problem is it's not Jalen Hurts. It's well, the Cam, they, they could have done that play with Cam. You know what I'm saying? It's a big body. Need a fucking tush. He push. didn't. I'm just saying. Is that there? Man would throw his body around and dare you to do some shit about it, and no one could. This That's is we're putting this the, on the off season schedule. We're doing a video about greatest go of uh, fourth and inches player of all time bro i think we should 1000 percent make it a series and put that out on you on on uh youtube and tick or on uh, twitter or x and uh and uh, tag cam newton every chance we get that's what we're doing we got I'm, I'm writing it down of i always come up with these and i never do them and i always forget about them we are doing we got to do this one c3 fam make us remember this because imagine if you really broke it down and you went and looked at kind of film and things and you tried to identify the top five players and you just did can any of is cam the greatest and i think there might be an argument for it all right um let's those are all the calls uh, we've handled about everything. And there's not any real football news that I'm interested in talking about that we haven't already talked about. So I'm ready to ice some fools up and get out of here. Yeah. Let's do that. Toughen up, ice up, get it together. You already know how we pay homage to Steve Smith around these parts. Ice up, son. Ice up. Uh, this is the moment, the longest running segment on the longest running Panthers podcast, our homage to Steve Smith, where we tell someone in the world to ice up, toughen up, to get it together. Anyone's fair game from 15 year olds to Oklahoma, to myself, uh, to whoever might have died on the internet that we secretly like to laugh at. Cody Lack, are you ready for your ice up picks? I sure am. Uh, I mean, listen, you know how it's a tradition to... Or not a tradition, but some people uh, during a birthday party, they'll shove your face in the birthday cake. Right. Well, if you're going to do that, make sure that the person whose face you're shoving doesn't have a fucking knife pointing up. Oh, no. Oh. Oh, no. One more hand. Oh, and he wasn't even the shover. Oh. 
Oh, he was part of it. Oh, oh, oh damn. Yeah, oh. I hate to see it. And the fact that that guy might never see it again. So, uh, toughen up, ice up. All right. Mm. Uh, hey, we told you we like to watch people almost die. I got it, one. I mean, yeah, good. All right. What do you got, CK? All right. So, um, as young boys, we all know how hard it was to, well, you know, that maybe I shouldn't use those words, how yeah. difficult it was to maintain um, ourselves from being visible uh, down below when we were a bit excited. Um, <laughs> and uh, and so I just the can only imagine. problem is what I, it is. I can only imagine what this guy is going through right now. So. Oh, I saw this today. Hey, pause the music. Oh, 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 oh. Didn't know it was music. Yeah. It, the, the, the caption was like, uh, this dude's fighting a whole different kind of battle. He <laughs> <laughs> can't even look at her, dude. His eyes. Can't look at her. He's like, I can't look at her. He's <laughs> just like, and then the more she beats him up, then he's like, like nothing helps in this situation. No, no. Right? It's like if you get more aggressive and try to fucking take her down harder, then you're like, oh, God. He won't and then look at if her. you let her just beat you up and do all of that, you're like, oh, God. Dude, this dude is oh absolutely like, What does he do? You know what I'm saying? No, I'll like, tell you what you need to do. You need to pass guard. You need to get into side control. Control the posture. Hit her with the arm bar from the side. Stay away from the cooch. <laughs> what if he just turns her over, though? I mean, if yeah, like, like, there's nothing good that can happen here. There's no good scenario where this isn't in some way his eyes don't look like that. <laughs> I love this. This dude is like trying oh, everything. God. He's got them, he's got them athletic shorts. <laughs> oh, my God. And you know what? This girl's fighting hard. She's having a real wrestling match. Yeah, this she's doing has no thought about that extra <laughs> 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 all right, uh, that was a good one. All right, my <laughs> that man, I've watched that like twenty times in the next one. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you, CK, for that. Uh, mine is not really an ice up. I don't even know. Is I just like this is ECU. That's uh, I the Internet Hall of Fame tweets. I love like these kind of, and I always oh, wonder man. if they're real because they're never like retweeted or something you know so it's usually the response that always makes the tweet i like this one because first of all this is my local news channel <laughs> this is w it's wnct channel nine who brian bailey who comes on pirate radio live is says these this is ecu east carolina university uh this was it see it doesn't show a date i don't know this are all the things but uh, 2,500 Xanax bars seized, four rest made and raid of ECU fraternity house. This is nothing surprising about that. But I just love this is that the response to this tweet is that motherfucker in my group and we got a presentation. I stopped to getting arrested and letting your um, group down. Probably one other reason that group projects suck. 
Oh, I saw this one quote. Yeah, I like I like those uh um like uh yearbook quotes where it's like they slip in a yearbook quote and it's like something that's funny uh that they pa- they got passed like so it'll be like some like some gay guy would be like oh i guess i've got a future in decorating closets or so you know i mean whatever and this one girl said i hope you remember me when I, or when you die it was something like a when you when i die that you remember uh that you let me down in my group project or something <laughs> project thing always trips me out anyway um ice up to Letting the group down uh, and getting the Zannies seized. Uh, mm. shout out ECU, shout out Greville, shout out Party Town, USA. Shout out C3 Panthers podcast. Shout out the people in the chat. Uh, call into the show. We'll be here. Post-game show, Friday free-for-all. Film room on Thursday. That's our- super fans going to get you film rooms early and also more often in the off-season. Uh, follow us on iTunes, tune in wherever the fuck you get your shit at uh, Cody Lack. Anything you need to say, CK, you anything, take us out of here. I mean, no, follow us uh, on Twitter. Uh, follow Tony at cat underscore chronicles. Follow me at Cody Lack. Uh, follow my man CK at Codizzle Allen. Uh, dude, we're just, we're just being Panther fans all year round, boys. You know, we're building the C3 community. We appreciate y'all. We look forward to this every time we do it. Every single Tuesday night at 9. Every single Friday at 7 p.m. where you can be a part of the show. Be on the Friday free-for-all the show for the fans. By the fans. And every Sunday after the game. Boys, how about we only have two more post-game shows of the whole year? You know, this game made it a lot easier to look forward this week's. Yeah, I agreed. I agree. Uh, week week twelve, I was sitting here going, "Oh fuck, five more." How awesome will it be if we dominate next week, and then we dominate the Buccaneers, who are the playoff hopefuls, and then we just ruin their hopes of like while they're going into the playoffs, they're like, oh, "We did we just lose to the Panthers?" I know. I'm ready. I'm ready to fucking ruin people's season. My season got ruined. It's time for y'all's too. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, sir. Let's uh, get out all right. We are through. C3 Panther Nation. Until next time, keep pounding. Keep pounding. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.